This meeting is open to the public and is being held in hybrid format in accordance with the board and commission of electronic participation connected in hybrid meeting policy. Um, according to the secretary, you can now take a roll. Commissioner Martinez. Yes. Commissioner Samuelson. Here. Commissioner Salinas. Present. Commissioner McHugh. Here. Commissioner Warnke. Present. Um, uh, Vice Chair Cote. Not here. Chair. Present. Hybrid. Oh, hybrid. Very good. Sorry. I Left a bit changed. Sorry for that. That's good. Um, Chair Aarons. Present. Uh, next, um, Town Council Liaison, um, Councilman Brooks. Uh, any other council members um, present? Okay, no. Um, all right, uh, staff in attendance. Kevin Reed. Here. Tara Vargish. Here. TJ Kweski. Kwe apologize. Dina Pollan. Here. Sandy Vossler. Sharon Chavez, here. Darcy Hartman, present. All right, any other staff members present? Mike, I'm a town attorney. Very good, thank you. All members of the commission are present, either in person Sorry. or electronically. Um, Mr. Reed, has this meeting been, agenda been noticed in accordance with the requirements of the open meeting law? Yes, it has, Chair. Fantastic. Um, approval of the minutes. The minutes from the last meeting have been circulated. Uh, does anyone have any corrections? And if not, I will take a motion to approve. So moved. Do I hear a second? Second. Maybe take a vote on that. Commissioner Martinez? Aye. Commissioner Samuelson? Aye. Commissioner Salinas? Aye. Commissioner McHugh? Aye. Commissioner Warnke? Aye. Vice Chair Cote? Aye. Chair Aarons? Aye. Motion is approved, seven to zero. Okay, moving on to the public hearing items. Um, some of you might not be familiar with the process. Uh, the way this works is that we will have staff uh, do a presentation on the report, followed by the applicant, and then we'll open it to public comment. Um, we'll first take people who are in person and who signed up, and then if there's anyone that's in person that still wishes to speak that didn't sign up, we'll give them an opportunity to speak. Then we'll go virtual and do the same process, those who have already signed up, followed by those uh, who may not have signed up. So, the commission must evaluate this proposal under criteria established under the municipal code as summarized in the staff report. The commission will hear staff, applicant, and public. Does the commission member have any conflict of interest or any other matter that they'd like to disclose pr prior to the proceeding on this item? Hearing none. Uh, public comments will be taken on all items, and speakers will be limited to four minutes per speaker in lieu of appearing in person. The Commission has accepted sign-up requests to speak on an item received by 1 o'clock today via email or phone. 
The commission has also accepted written comments and are entered into the record. Uh, Ms. Pauline, has your app application been properly noticed for review in accordance with the municipal code? Yes, Chair. Do you wish to enter that into the record? Yes, Chair. Very good. The floor is yours. Thank you. Good evening, Chair. Good evening, Commissioners. I am pleased to present to you this evening a use by special review for a wireless communication facility to be located in Bison Park in Meadows Filing 16. On the vicinity map in the area marked in blue, this is the area that's zoned <coughs> Meadows Fourth Amendment PD. Uh, wireless communication facilities are a permitted use as an approved use by special review application. The property is bound on the west and the east by Starry Night Loop, to the north by Blazer, Trailblazer Way, and to the south by Hourglass Avenue. Surrounding uses include single-family detached residential home, park, trails, sports fields, and an elementary school. Yeah, maybe we could turn it up just you have a hard time hearing? I think they are too. Yes, it means. Is this better? Yeah. Do I need to repeat anything from the previous slides? Thank you. Is that better? Apologies. Uh, the red circle represents the proposed location of the. I, I, I am. I'm still not loud enough, okay? Sorry. Okay. The red circle represents the proposed location of the wireless communication facility. I'd like to refer to the wireless communication facilities as WCF from this point forward. Uh, the red arrow indicates the distance to the nearest property boundaries. The proposed WCF is approximately 86 feet from the western proper bo property boundary, approximately 197 feet from the northern property boundary, approximately 859 feet from the eastern property boundary, approximately 348 feet from the southern property boundary and approximately 525 feet from the elementary school. <clears throat> On the western boundary, the closest residence is approximately 137 feet from the proposed location. It is separated from the site by a sidewalk and streets. And on the eastern boundary, the closest residence is approximately 100 and, excuse me, 811 feet. The restroom facility is approximately 775 square feet and includes a cupola to house the wireless communication equipment. The proposed structure height is 35 feet tall. The minimum required setback for a WCF is the height of the WCF, including the antennas, uh, if the WCF is adjacent to a residentially zoned property. The height of the proposed WCF is 35 feet and exceeds the minimum required setback. The nearest setback is the western property boundary, which is 87 feet. The uh, structure is proposed to be constructed of natural color block materials, lap siding, and metal. The south elevation is on the left side of the screen, and the north elevation is on the right. The east elevation is on the left, and the west elevation is on the right. The applicant noticed the project in accordance with town municipal code. The applicant held three neighborhood meetings. Uh, concerns, as feedback from the neighborhood meetings, concerns regarding the health and safety of a WCF in a residential neighborhood, 
concerns regarding negative impact on property values of the surrounding single-family homes. Both positive and negative feedback was received. Staff finds the use by special review proposal has met all of the submittal requirements of the Town of Castle Rock Municipal Code. The UBSR requires an approved lease by Town Council. The lease will be heard before Town Council on January 16, 2024. The 1996 Telecommunications Act with the section listed prevents states and local authorities from regulation of wireless facilities based on the basis of health or environmental effects of radio frequencies, RF emissions. I have provided approval and denial recommendations for your use. The proposed motions were included in your staff report and are shown here on the screen. This concludes staff presentation. Staff is available for any questions the planning commissioners may have or questions can be deferred until after the applicant presentation. <clears throat> Thank you, any questions? <clears throat> sure. So back on the map, can I, I couldn't tell from these exhibits here that we have where the location was of the facility. The red dot that the arrows extend from is the proposed location. Okay, so that's basically in, I'm familiar with this park. Um, it's essentially, this isn't zoomed in enough, but I'm familiar with it enough to know there's the, you know, the tennis courts kind of to the south. Um, and then this is located in the, in the grassy area, I guess, to, to the west of the playground. It's, a, it'll be the approximate location of where the porty potties are now. Okay. Okay. Thank you. I have a question. So is this just a, it's just a, a, ta a pole, right? With the antennas on top? What kind of facility is it? So if we go what back to the, uh, so the, uh, the restroom facility, so the proposal is for a corn shell bathroom to be built, which is approximately 775 square feet. On the roof of the facility is a cupola that's approximately 192 square feet, and it extends from the roof line up. So the total height of the structure is 35 feet from the peak of the cupola to the ground. Just hidden, it's hidden inside of the cupola or whatever it is? Cupola. Yes, all of the wireless equipment is housed inside the cupola. Hmm. And then this is a lease that's signed by the by the town of Castle Rock. Yeah, the, the town the town, the town council will have to review the lease and approve that prior to this being approved. Gotcha. Okay. I can't tell by the drawing, but how tall is the structure? Thirty-five. It's thirty-five feet. Thirty-five feet. Okay. I have a question um, on the on your report, and thank you very much. A very concise and, and well done report. Starting on page three, um, there's a section that says "Use by Special Review and Approval Criteria," and if I understand correctly, that's the criteria that's used to determine whether or not a special review uh, will be approved. Is that is my understanding correct? Yes, Chair, that's correct. Okay, and it, it has to do with the first one is the height. Second one is the proximity of uh, the facility to the residential structures. And the nature of the use of the adjacent nearby properties. Compatibility with the surrounding topography. 
and compatibility with surrounding tree coverage and foliage. Correct. Okay. And that's what we need to judge this by. Yes, sir. Great. Thank you. Any other questions? Uh, Chair, Chair Commissioner Cote, I'll just note that there was a six criteria, the design of the WCF with particular reference to the design characteristics that have the effect of reducing or eliminating visual, visual obtrusiveness. Um, I did have a question alongside of that. Um, uh, staff, from your information or awareness, did the applicant uh, consider other potential locations as part of this process? Uh, yes, Commissioner, they did, and as part of that, uh, part of their presentation, they will go through their process on their site selection. Okay, I appreciate that. Uh, was this bathroom absent the cupola with the wireless uh, facility in it? Was that in the plans for this park? I will ask Brian Peterson from Parks to address that question, please. Thank you. Would the bathroom have put? So the question, place? the question was, Brian, was that was this facility for the bathroom planned for this location prior to the uh, planning of the cell tower co-location with the bathroom? Uh, no, the bathroom was not. It was requested actually when it came through um, for review that T-Mobile add the bathroom since the structure was going to be approximately 35 feet high. Okay, thank you. So I got another question. So maybe this was already addressed, but on the topic of the other locations, um, were those just essentially secondary considerations or? So again, we, we, the applicant is here to make a presentation and they can go through their methodology okay. of selecting this location. Yeah, that would, that would be good. Okay. And before we move on to the applicant, are there any other questions of staff? I'll invite the applicant to come up with their presentation. Good afternoon, Council Rock Planning Commission. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Hello, everyone. My name is Kenneth Trujillo, and today we'll be discussing our proposal. Uh, you're looking at a photo simulation on this cover page. We'll show you a few more pictures as this presentation continues. Uh, there was a question about where it would be located. This is on the south part of the parking lot where the current porta potties are. That's what you're taking a look at of that picture. So uh, my name is Kenneth Trujillo. I'm with UCI2 Construction Services. I'm here representing T-Mobile. I'm here with Andy Makowitz, uh, also of UCI2 Construction Services. Uh, we have Kamud and Prasanth, both representing T-Mobile. Kamud is a radio frequency engineer, and Prasanth is uh, our um, uh, uh, re regional manager of development for T-Mobile. Uh, today I'm going to be talking to you why there's a new site being proposed here, uh, why this location over other locations, uh, what's being proposed. We'll go over some of the same drawings and pictures you were, you were just presented with, and uh, FCC regulations and uh, concerns about health and safety as well. Uh, so uh, I'd like to start off with the need. Why is a new site being proposed here on the west side of Castle Rock? Uh, what you're seeing on this screen is a map, uh, a map showing T-Mobile's current coverage. And uh, that orange line going north and south, that's I-25. You can see towards the west side of Castle Rock, uh, the coverage gets much worse. The red is the area that has low access uh, to our network currently. Uh, 
the pink pin or the magenta pin uh, being shown is where the Bison Park wireless communications facility is being proposed. Uh, we'll show you here in a few, uh, a few slides down uh, what is the cause of that uh, drop in coverage. Again, it's a geographic uh, barrier, but we'll show that in a little bit more detail coming up. Uh, with this one site uh, here at, the Bison, at Bison Park, uh, we'll be able to cover the majority of the west side of Castle Rock. You can see this green circle uh, that is showing right here. Um, with this one site, we'll be able to provide good wireless communications facilities, uh, coverage for wireless services, phone services, and internet, all within that area from one site. Uh, I would like to let the, uh, the Planning Commission know just the differences between coverage and capacity. Um, what what uh, coverage is, is that a coverage is providing uh, T-Mobile service to an area that currently has very little access to the network, uh, so little to none. Um, capacity is something that where, where there's an area that already has coverage but not enough coverage. Areas like um, uh, the Castle Rock outlets or downtown Castle Rock where you have too many users overloading a service. Uh, in the west side of Castle Rock, we currently have very low coverage. This will be providing coverage to an area that has almost none at, as it stands. Uh, why was this site chosen? Um, so we always start to look for, uh, when we try to find a new site in an area, we always try to see if there's any commercially zoned properties, industrial buildings, or anything that's kind of like a large structure that we can attach to. And so that's where we go to first. We also try to see if there's any existing towers or any other facilities that we can co-locate at. Um, uh, for those of you not familiar, uh, this west side of, the, uh, of Castle Rock are all planned unit developments. So there are no uh, commercial or industrially zoned properties on this side, on the west side that's in need of the coverage. Uh, we work closely with the town of Castle Rock uh, to see what is allowable within these planned unit developments, and we found that Bison Park was an allowable one by this special review. Uh, we did take a look at the high grounds or the, uh, uh, the plateaus that surround that area. Uh, per the code, those are restricted skylines. And that's, as you guys may know, uh, is to protect uh, the skylines from having those visual obstructions that would break up Castle Rock's natural plateau and, and look that it's, uh, that's, it's known for. Those restricted skylines surround the area. Uh, that would otherwise, and not only do they surround the area, they block the area from outside view. We'll take a look at that, um, uh, that bowl that these form here in a few slides. Uh, Bison Park sits within these restricted skylines, so it wasn't possible for us to put in a tower that would shoot down into this area. Uh, we also take a look to see if there's any existing cell sites in the area. So what we're looking at here is a map that was provided to us by the town of Castle Rock that shows all the existing or proposed uh, cell sites in the area. Uh, these, dark, these dark blue dots, or the dark parts of the map, are the ones where we have existing cell sites there. Um, the light blue ones are the ones that are not built and are being proposed. Uh, again, you'll see in ours, ours is the most south, um, southwest one, that's Bison Park. Again, there's none there. And you'll see in this west side, there's currently none, and that's also the reason why, uh, for all the poor coverage on the west side of Castle Rock, there's currently no sites that we could have potentially co-located at, and so we'd have to get our new site, and that's, uh, 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 that's what brings us here as opposed to going to a co-locatable site. Uh, 
the closest one is going to be the hospital. That's on the west side of I-25. You'll see that's quite some distance. Uh, again, you have the Centura Castle Rock Adventist Hospital. Uh, we did take a look to see if that would provi be providing any coverage to us. Uh, like uh, you'll see there's antennas on top of there. Uh, that will not shoot to the west side of Castle Rock. It'll be blocked by a natural ridge, which I'll show you here in about three slides. Uh, we also looked at the Castle Rock water, water, uh, water storage tank. Uh, that does not meet the zoning code, and so we worked with the town of Castle Rock to see if that was a possibility. Also, this is not a regular uh, water tank like you may see the big tripod ones that stick up and overlook on things, uh, overlook the community. This is an underground one, so there was nothing to attach to without being a again uh, a large uh, tower that would break up the natural skylines. Uh, again, there is an existing tower at the Castle Highlands. Uh, that's very far south and outside of the physical bowl or the geographic bowl in that area. Uh, th this is a regular monopole, uh, but again, would not hit the area in need of coverage. Again, that was quite a ways south from the area needing coverage over here on the west side. Uh, so for in terms of the geography that I was presenting to you guys or, or telling you guys about, um, you'll see this west side of Castle Rock uh, is kind of a bowl. It, you can see the elevations prevent any sort of signal from outside of this area from being shot into it. Uh, telecommunications needs line of sight uh, for good quality uh, internet and phone service. Uh, and that's the reason for the poor coverage on the west side. Uh, anything to, uh, from the east side shooting in will get blocked by this ridge that kind of goes north-south. And anything from outside this will be grounded or, or blocked from, the from a signal to the south or east or west. Uh, for those of you who have not seen the photo simulations, uh, this is the current uh, porta-potties that are just in a four-legged uh, roof structure. And the current, current porta-potties right there. Uh, we are proposing the, um, the bathrooms right here. They are 17-foot tall bathrooms with the 17-foot uh, additional extension. Again, the antennas and radios will be housed inside fiber reinforced plastic that will be painted uh, with this design. Again, we work closely with the Town of Castle Rock's Planning Commission to ensure that this would visually match the architecture and intent of the of the rest of the park. You'll see these kind of uh, these roofings also match what some of the picnic areas are as well as some of the, uh, as well as the other colors uh, of the area and other parks. Again, uh, for the area, uh, this will be on the south side of the parking lot uh, where the current porta bodies are. This is a view of the north elevation. I know these, these are the same ones that you were just presented with. Uh, again, you have your main bathroom. This will be a working bathroom as well as the antennas or the cupola on top. Uh, this is the south elevation, the east elevation, and the west elevation. Uh, this will be broadcasting at 5G. Uh, five, uh, 5G stands for fifth generation. It's just the next generation of telecommunication. Uh, 5G is a platform, not a specific antenna piece of equipment or new technology or new spectrum band. Uh, 5G is an operating standard that utilizes wireless spectrum that has been in use for decades for wireless communications. Uh, T-Mobile's 5G plan includes repurposing radio waves within our low band spectrum holdings previously utilized for decades to transmit broadcast TV. So if you guys have noticed, we've gone to digital TV. That's because the old TVs 
spectrum that we've always used is now being repurposed for phones. So it's the same thing that we've had for a long time. Uh, it may be helpful to think of 5G as a software upgrade that will allow customers to experience our network in better and unprecedented ways. Uh, radio frequency emissions are emitted by everything that operates with electricity, including common uh, consumer electronics such as TVs, radios, PCs, laptops, uh, baby monitors, Wi-Fi, routers, and household appliances. Anything that communicates to itself without a wire, that's done through electromagnet, uh, electromagnetic emissions. Uh, T-Mobile broadcast signals over frequencies regulated and licensed by the FCC and will operate the subject site in compliance with FCC rules and regulations regarding maximum perm permissible exposure limits and guidelines. Uh, being 5G changes nothing about our power levels. Uh, we have uh, a lot of reputable sources from both the FCC, FDA, as well as other people that have looked at these for radio frequency safeties. Um, we have uh, those links available for you to check. Uh, we will operate everything within those guidelines, as we always have. And with that, that concludes our presentation to the board. Any questions for the applicant? I have a question. Yes. Um, can any other, do any other carriers use your, this tower besides T-Mobile, or is it just T-Mobile? So this one will just be for T-Mobile. So in the event of an emergency, however, um, we do share spectrum okay. with other people, such as uh, right now there's just like AT&T on that side of, on, on that side of uh, Castle Rock. In the event their network goes down, uh, T-Mobile would provide coverage to AT&T customers. Okay. Were there Mr. Sorry. I have a question. Yes. Um, my question is this, why in such a limited um, geographic area where you've already described the topographical difficulties in getting signal to the homes there that don't have it, why wouldn't the solution uh, T-Mobile pursues be one that incorporates other providers? Uh, the, where this is going is, I mean, you get one, then how many other carriers cite the same problems, find the same site, and try to propose a tower in essentially the same place to service their customers in the area? It seems to me when it's this limited in site selection for where you can solve the problem, um, it seems like it would be foolish for us to go ahead and approve it if we're just essentially begging to have multiple new requests come to us from other providers. Again, yeah. So th this one is not a co-locatable uh, uh, structure, and I can't speak to the other carriers on what their spectrum is. Uh, there's different spectrum profiles, meaning that you can, uh, th they provide coverage in different ways. Some are, can provide bigger areas, some can do smaller areas. Uh, again, their needs are going to be different than ours. It's based off of other sites as well as, you know, our, net, our, our current network and how we integrate into that. Um, just because we need coverage in an area does not mean another carrier will need one. Commissioner Cote, any follow-up? Uh, not at this time. Thanks. Yeah. Um, I, I, maybe it's just not in the packet, but were there any written comments that came in from the public there's uh, yes yeah I didn't and maybe I didn't see them in the packet are they um, a commissioner 
Hi. Um, yes, we received um, 118 emails from 78 families in opposition to the project, and we received 10 emails from 11 families in favor of the project. So maybe that's why they're not necessarily. And they're all in a different packet. They um, are. Yes. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry, I didn't see that in the um, in the packet. Any further questions? Thank you, Mr. Trujillo. Thank appreciate you. Appreciate your presentation. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, next, we're going to open up for public comment. Uh, is there a sign-up sheet? Thank you very much. Um, at this time, uh, I'll go through the list. I'll call your name. I'll ask you to come up and sit down. Turn on the microphone. When the light is red, that's on. Um, We'd like you to state your name, place of residence, your association with the action before the commission, and any financial or personal interest you may have in that action. If you do not live within the municipal limits of Castle Rock, please uh, state so. Provide your testimony in the interest of time. We ask that you limit comments to no more than four minutes, and you may be asked questions by the commission members. We thank you in advance. I really do uh, respect the you care enough about your community to come and, and provide comment, whether it be in person or online. So I do thank you for coming. And we'll start off with uh, Marilyn. I'm here for the Oaks. I'm sorry? I'm here to speak on the Oaks, too. Oh, OK. I see. OK, thank you. Uh, Jennifer. Red means on, correct? <clears throat> My name is Jennifer Brezicha. I'm a resident of Castle Rock, and I live within a thousand feet of the proposed site of T-Mobile and 5G uh, Tower in Bison Park. I have three children, one of which is a six-week-old. I urge the commission to vote to recommend denial to the town council tonight on the T-Mobile proposal for a variety of reasons, including the immediate loss of $17.4 in home value upon the completion of the tower, health hazards to the children that play at Bison Park and attend Clear Sky Elementary, the bathroom as an attraction for the homeless, and the fact that there are alternate sites that could be utilized if zoning changes occurred. Based on the study completed by Georgia Southern University, if this proposal was approved, there would be an immediate loss of $17.4 million in home value for the homes within 1,500 feet of the park. This would be a huge financial impact to the families in our community and their investment in their home. This analysis was sent to the town council and should be in your packet. T-Mobile has responded and provided a response to the valuation work, claiming that the values will either be flat or will improve with the addition of the tower. I went through every article and study that T-Mobile provided on home valuation and the installation of the towers. Last night, I sent a, a letter to the town council, Dina, and to the planning commission, summarizing my review, identifying whether the source of the real estate was a real estate industry expert and or experience, and had experience and or had academic experience that would justify their conclusions. How comprehensive the study was and the work that they had done and whether the situation that they studied was similar to the proposal for Bison Park. None of these studies held up to scrutiny. None. But again, there's a letter in your packet from last night that'll break them out. It's three pages with a great deal of depth if you really want to be a nerd and read it all. 
As an institutional real estate investor for unprofessional for more than 20 years, with experience who manages billions of dollars of real estate across the United States, working in every major market, I would not be able to use T-Mobile's cited sources to defend a recommendation to a investment committee, and I don't think you should use it either. I also urge you to vote no, as none of the design issues in the bathroom incorporate the lessons that have been learned in Denver to minimize vandalism and use by homelessness. We already know that there are times that there are people that park in the park that are homeless. It was brought to my attention by an engineer whose company works with RF that there is in their company's safety video, they identify the short-term RF health concerns as irritability, short-term memory loss, loss of concentration, sleepliness, excuse me, sleeplessness, ability to feel and hear RF. RF can also interact with objects and around to cause health concerns. Some RF equipment can contain toxic gas. I know that we cannot vote on health concerns, but I bring that up because why would we as a community want to aim RF at the children of Castle Rock, a community that provides itself for being a great place for families, specifically because the towers and the way that T-Mobile explained it in the community meetings will be directly aimed 100% at Clear Sky Elementary, who none of those parents had to receive notice of this additional change that will happen to their school. <clears throat> I also asked the Planning Commission to put, uh, and the Town Council to put forward a zoning and or ordinance changes in place effective immediately that no cell towers are allowed within 1,600 feet of the schools and parks in Castle Rock. I sent this request to the Town Council on December 5th, 2023. The distance is chosen based on a study that was completed by New Hampshire and the route of distance that needed for the RF to decline to impact children. As there's also options in Castle Rock where this tower can be located, as T-Mobile showed on their presentation this evening, on the buttes on the outskirts, because we are surrounded by the open um, space that's there and the ridgeline. It is the ridgeline zoning that is actually preventing those from being considered by T-Mobile. My issue isn't having improved cell phone service or the 911 coverage that will improve. My issue is with the proposed location and that there are better locations if we chose to. Therefore, I urge you to vote no and recommend no to the town council. Thank you for your comments. Appreciate it. Uh, please don't clap. Uh, we're here to, to listen to you. We don't want to spend additional time on that. So, Mary Price. My thing is, I'm the one who's, you know, the 86-foot arrow? That's my house. And I have eight children, and I have one grandchild, and I love where I live. I love my community. I love my neighbors. I, I'm, I, I'm sorry. Could you um, give us your name and Yeah, Mary address? Price, my 1319 Clear Skyway. It's, it's the house in the map that's it's pointed 86 feet from my front door. So okay, Thank you. So I don't know how it got approved to go 86 feet from my front door, from where my kids are, are going to be sleeping. One of their, they have three things they're going to be shooting, you know, radio frequency waves, and and uh, and one of them will be shoot, shooting straight at my house. And I don't, I mean, I know that there's experts disagree on on how these radio frequency waves impact us. I know we all have cell phones, but this is a big tower with lots of radio. It's and the amount of like dissipation is what, like what she said, it's 1,600 feet, and it's going to be. 86 feet from my from where we live, where we love, we, we play there. I watch right there, and she's right. There's a ton of, a ton of kids who come and like get high. So like not ton, a ton, but it'll just give them one more place to hang out and and vandalize. And because there definitely have been like fireworks set off in the in the porta potties and some other things. But I just let's see here. I wrote a list. And also, um, she did a property valuation. It's going to impact my my property. Um, 
which, which we're all sad about to lose uh, property value. Um, and also, I've been, I, I, I've been around our neighborhood um, and talked to lots of people, and, and people are against it. People don't want this here. We weren't zoned to get, to get a bathroom there, although Dina said that, that in the next five years we were going to get bathrooms anyway, regardless of if the cell tower is there. At least at the last meeting, that's what she said. She said that we were in the next five, five years we were going to get. Is that still the case? Dina? It's not a discussion between you. You make presentation to the board and they'll ask us okay, questions. Okay, well, I was at the last yeah. meeting and that was what I was told. And so it's not like we, we won't get a bathroom without, the, if people are really concerned about a bathroom, they can totally use my bathrooms. I'm willing to um, volunteer them. And I'm just, I, I just don't really understand how, how it, it got approved in the first place to be 86 feet from my front door. And I'm really sad because this is gonna, this is gonna make me and my family feel like we need to move. Tonight, I was supposed to be shuttling my kids back and forth, but I, I really care about this. I, I, care, <laughs> I care about coverage for everyone, but I, I just feel like if they can't put it on a water tower where there aren't little kids right next to, next to it, like we need to do something. We need to rezone or um, just make it so that, that, that my family can feel safe. And the property value is going down. I mean, it's, just, it's even a perceived health thing. Even if the FDA and the FCC, they may have approved it, but the FDA approved sucralose and red dye, you know, red dyes in our food. Do we really, you know, trust what they're saying? And, and also, I don't know if the 86-foot thing was even in their approval. I don't know how that, how that got pushed through. And, and I, just, I just hope... <laughs> That that T-Mobile will make the right choice and not and not um, bring this 86 feet from my me and my all my my children who are healthy and contributing members of our community and I just will be sad because I feel like I'll have to move um, and I don't know who I'm going to sell my house to because the, who wants to live next right next to a really powerful 5G tower um, and that I think that's about all I have to say but thank you, thank you for listening sure. please. Please vote against it. Chris, please. Hi, I'm Chris Talmadge. I live in uh, Castle Rock in the Meadows, and I live next door to Mary, who just spoke. So I am the um, one of the three houses that's closest to this, um, whatever you want to call it, structure. Um, I appreciate everything Jennifer's done with her real estate expertise. I hope you've all gotten to read those in the uh, letter she wrote in the packages and that over 100 people in our community wrote against this because they felt so strongly about it. Um, you know, being 100 feet or so from this tower, it is going to be, I don't know if they describe, but if you're familiar with the park, this sits uh, like 10 feet below the street level. Um, where the porta potties are, our houses are across the street and a little bit up. So this will, the actual arrays of the wireless will be exactly eye level out the windows of our house, broadcasting directly into the house. These aren't tall towers shooting over the houses where the most powerful waves go over the houses and then trickle into the community. It's going to be right into our front windows horizontally into it and I don't see you know the property value impacts that people have cited and Jennifer's work talk about you know the first ring being zero to 500 feet 
Well, at 100 feet, our ring is a lot closer. So if, if you're within 500 feet, you're gonna lose 8% on average. Our houses are gonna be at the high end, 10 to 20%. And in, the, in your letters, people have cited some of the studies about 20%. Well, 20% is the equity I have in my house because I just bought here last year. I wish I knew about this before that. Um, so I don't see any person who in their right mind would um, purchase our house for, I don't even know any amount of money to want to live that close. The perceived risk is real. You read, you Google anything, you'll hear bad things. Any buyer would look and go, well, I don't want to deal with this. Even if I thought it was fine, I'm still not going to deal with it because they know they can't sell on the back end. So I don't see why me and my neighbors need to have the financial risk, the health risk, while a multi-billion dollar company sticks a tower only for them right across the street. Um, I have AT&T, some of my neighbors have Verizon. I walk all over the park, the community, in the open space behind us, and I have no trouble. I can stream Sirius XM, I can talk to people on the phone, so I don't know what their problem is. Maybe they need to get a tower near where AT&T is, where my carrier is. Um, we have plenty of high-speed internet choices in the community, so I don't, I don't see the, um, the need for this at all. It, it really impacts us um, greatly, which is unfair um, in my opinion. And it also, I don't know if they can put it up, but that view of that this structure, since it's in front of my windows and Mary's and a lot of the other people on the street, it blocks my view. So I don't care now that the skyline is protected, that you can't put a tower on it, because I can't, I won't be able to see the skyline in front of my house, because this thing is right in front of my house. We are exactly across the street. Um, if you live in a subdivision, if you have a house across the street from you, Mary's right across, it would be like the house next to that, and that's where it would be. And I saw the west-facing um, diagram had all the um, meters and monitoring equipment, and I'd have to look at that too, and a potential buyer. That is crazy, I do not wanna move, and neither, neither do my family. So thank you for your time. I hope you read the packages and vote no. Thank you. Next person is Chad. Good evening, my name is Chad. I live uh, about 120 feet away from this uh, proposed tower site. Um, I'm just curious by a show of hands, has anyone read the 80 pages worth of uh, emails about this? Just by this, a show this of hands. This is comment, this isn't question. Answer. Okay, sorry, I just wanted to see if anyone, well, just to let you guys know there is 80 pages, I think as Dina said, about 115 uh, people responded to it and only I think you said, well, she said uh, 15 or 20 were in favor of it. Um, we were approached by somebody. 10 people said yes. Oh, 10 people said yes, I'm sorry. Uh, the other night we were approached by somebody that was hired by T-Mobile and UCI. They came around with a flyer. Uh, they told me that I was the 100th person that they had spoke to that night and that only out of uh, 100 people, only uh, 70 people did not answer the door. Uh, of the 30 people that did answer to the door, they tried to tell me that only seven of them disagreed with having the tower. And after further investigation with this girl, I realized that she meant that 75% had said that they were against the tower and only seven uh, said that they were for the tower. 
Um, I think she was lying. I know she was hired by T-Mobile and UCI to come around and tell people that it's really not that bad to have this tower in the area and to get people's opinions. They had a QR code. I'd be interested to see if T-Mobile will release that data on the, uh, on the QR code. Um, that might be uh, interesting uh, to you guys. And um, uh, another thing that I didn't see on uh, Dina's map is how far this is from the playground. We talk about the 86 feet to the west boundary. The playground is half the distance to the east. So there's kids playing in that park all day, every day, weekend, weekday. Uh, so that tower is within 100 feet of the, uh, of the local park. Um, uh, I heard T-Mobile talk about the, uh, uh, the methodology about picking a site selection. Uh, at our first meeting, the, I, I had heard that they had been trying to work on a new tower in this area for five years now. Um, and every time that they get this far, that there's no support for it, that the community doesn't want it, and there's no, not enough people to support it so that it gets denied. So you guys know better than I would if you've seen uh, these guys try to place this tower in a different park or somewhere in this community to get service in this area. But they've been trying for a long time, and from my understanding, they've been getting pushback the whole time. Uh, Dina talks about people that are supporting this. I've been to all three meetings. I saw, I heard one person in the first meeting that uh, was obvious that he worked for T-Mobile and he was said that he was down by the hospital so he would, wouldn't have been affected by this tower anyway. Uh, the second meeting, there was also another couple there that said that they had T-Mobile and they just want better service. So it's as simple as that for the people that have uh, cell service, that don't have cell service in the area. Uh, like my other neighbor just mentioned, uh, AT&T and Verizon do work there, 100% uh, perfect. Uh, I did call AT&T, they offer T-Mobile customers $600 credit towards a new device and their lines are $40 a month, which matches the, uh, the price of T-Mobile. So uh, from a standpoint of consumers not being able to get services, there are competitors uh, that T-Mobile just obviously hasn't tapped into uh, to be able to get cell service in that area. Um, another thing that we haven't talked about is they will be chopping up the street to run utilities for this. There is no plan to repave the street, so our nice paved streets are going to wind up with uh, uh, being chopped up and just covered up. They're not going to commit to uh, paving the whole street. They're just going to pave what they cut. Um, I found it interesting that T-Mobile's uh, spectrum coverage uh, analysis talked about uh, RF radiation or uh, RF arrays being compared to a baby monitor. This thing is not a baby monitor. It's a three brain thing and it's low and it's in front of the houses and the property value will extend beyond the 1500 feet thank you very much please vote no i did glenn sorry i'm sorry i didn't have the microphone on mr story if you're next Uh, my name is Glenn Story. I live at 875 Clear Sky Way at the top of uh, the street where this is going to be installed. Um, obviously, I'm going to express sort of the same concerns that my neighbors have is, you know, constant radio waves, lack of sight line, 
the fact that it's so close to a park that's constantly populated by children right next to an elementary school. Um, I see people out there playing tennis regularly. Um, obviously, I don't want my property value to take a hit either. Um, I'm very invested in this community. I'm a small business owner. Um, I don't want to see, you know, this have the negative impact that I know it will long term. As the gentleman before me stated, I'm with Verizon. Um, my other neighbors with AT&T. We have no issues with cell coverage. Um, this seems to be pretty myopic for T-Mobile. I mean, who really has T-Mobile, honestly? This is such a small, small population that's going to be affected by this. And if you're really that caught up in what your cell service is, then, like you said, switching, switching carriers is not that really a big deal. This is really going to impact this community, especially in our area, adversely. And I don't think long term anyone wants this in their backyard. This isn't just in our backyard. This is our community. And I think it's going to have long term ill effects on our community. So thank you for your time. Thank you. Karen's story. Don't. OK. Um, Eric. I'm sorry, was that Eric? What's that? In person, Eric. Yeah, we're not to the online, online questions yet. We will, we'll get to we'll you. We'll get you. Good to go? Yes. Uh, Eric Seitz, 1285 Clear Skyway. I live next to the house that's 86 feet away. Um, so obviously I'm opposed to this uh, for many reasons, but uh, my recommendation is the council to not approve this on the basis of the drop in value valuation, uh, the homelessness and folks that hang out, uh, the increase in folks that would hang out and the overall majestic views of our uh, community. Um, <clears throat> I would say I've, I've been on all of these meetings. I find it interesting that one was during spring break last year and the uh, latter ones proposed were all around holidays. And I think there's a strategic reason why the folks at T-Mobile and UCI chose that path of dates. Um, I would also say they chose a path of least resistance without consideration of a viable alternative uh, for the sites, we, we've talked about different area, different areas on phone, uh, different areas on previous calls, um, but it's unfortunate that this proposal came down in a park next to a school. I think that is unbelievable that that's where they landed on, to be quite honest. Um, we also asked a question previously about requests for bathrooms. There were no requests for bathrooms that we, when we called in to ask the city about this, there have not been any requests made for bathrooms. Um, I understand there's a financial aspect to the lease to to uh, to T-Mobile and UCI, um, but we were also told in previous meetings it was always in the plan to put a bathroom there, but the timeline wasn't defined. We had numerous issues with, we've had numerous issues with the current bathrooms and transient visitors using, and this would certainly increase that type of usage. Um, my, my fear is that this would also encourage folks uh, at all hours of the day, and we already have plenty of uh, law enforcement's visit in the summer, especially when kids are out of school and other folks are uh, uh, hanging out. Um, so like I said, I'm next to the house that's 86 feet away. If you imagine your house and putting a 35-foot non-residential structure, probably within about 100 feet of my house, to break up the uh, 
you know, beautiful views that we have. They talked about restricted skyline to break up natural plateau, but uh, there's no, doesn't seem to be any worries about the view of the folks of us living around there. Um, and then one of the biggest impacts is the significant impact of the value of my property with this commercial, uh, commercial property on top of a, a park building in my front yard. Uh, the property value analysis provided significant impactful findings, uh, but even if at the eye test, I urge the council to consider what a three-story building would look like in front of your own house. Um, I also urge the uh, city council to take, uh, to take a look at the already received um, voices, emails, and messages that you have, the 113 to 10, um, and then the desperation of this, of the group here that presented earlier, where they had somebody come to our house last night or two nights ago um, to talk about, uh, you know, how great this would be and to try to get folks to sign in on a QR code to send uh, votes for, and obviously that failed um, because the votes right now, or, the, or sorry, the written communications and emails are largely opposed. Um, and I think that was purely motivated by financial gains as opposed to consideration of those of us who live within the area. So once again, I urge you to um, reject this proposal and um, I thank you for your time. Thank you for your comment. Next up, Gina, is that correct? Good evening, Town Council. My name is Jonna Seitz. I live next door to the home that has the red arrow pointing to it, so a mere 86 feet away. For a host of reasons, I kindly request that you deny this proposal. One of the primary reasons we purchased our home was because of the beautiful views of the surrounding buttes. We've spent money furnishing and upgrading both our lower and upper level porches to enjoy these views. I ask you to please imagine if my home were your own home and if T-Mobile came in and proposed to plant a 35-foot structure, a mere stone's throw from your home. How would you feel? One of the criteria you are being asked to consider is compatibility of the surrounding elevation. I wish you could see the beautiful views that my neighbors and I enjoy. Those views would absolutely be ruined with a structure standing 35 feet tall, were to be dropped in front of our home. The gentleman who presented tonight spoke of not putting the tower up by the water tower because it would break up the skyline. But breaking up the skyline is exactly what this tower will do in the place it is being proposed. Had T-Mobile really been considerate of what this would, how it would impact the surrounding homes and our skylines, maybe they would have considered proposing that this structure be placed in the middle of the park where the sheer size of it would not tower over homes that are only 80 feet away. When you're talking about a three-story structure, 80 feet feels like five feet. Truly, it feels like T-Mobile is trying to place this on my front yard. I want to be clear, I do not believe that this tower should be placed in Bison Park at all, but their lack of consideration for details like this screams of an overall lack of respect and consideration for how this tower will negatively impact the surrounding homes. T-Mobile published a Q&A recently trying to refute the loss to property values. My neighbor Jennifer, who has, as she mentioned, spent 20 plus years working as an investment banker in real estate, provided you a very thorough overview of why the reasonings are invalid, and I really hope that you have a chance to read through all of that. But I'd like to add a few antidotes. A local realtor, Diana Fabia, kindly reached out to one of her appraisers to pose the question as to whether a cell phone tower in close proximity to homes has the potential to negatively impact home value. She only gave me the first name and last initial, but she got back to us saying that local appraiser Amy R, and I quote, said, I absolutely deduct for towers such as this, they are considered like power lines and other nuisances. Typically the deduction averages at least 5% or so. 
Another Castle Rock-based realtor I reached out to, Brianne Didier, got back to me saying that while appraisals are not her area of expertise, she can guarantee that we would lose at least 50% of the buyers based on the tower alone, as a lot of people simply do not want to live in that close of proximity. Another local real estate assessor I spoke with said that he could provide me a report that shows just how detrimental these towers are to property value, but it would take time to pull together and will quite, cost quite a bit of money as well, given how quickly T-Mobile has tried to pace these last few important meetings right here at the holidays. We unfortunately didn't have the time to get that report, but I would like you all to note that we are working hard to have that in advance of the final meeting on 116, January 16th. Commissioner Martinez, you asked about alternative locations and why some of those were not considered. I would like to point out that at the second neighborhood meeting, the community suggested a few locations and some of those were never considered. One such suggestion was the Grange, which provide a much larger setback to neighboring homes, would be inside of the bowl that T-Mobile needs to provide service and would be an area where there is already a three-story structure, so the elevation would match that which already exists and does not break up coveted views. At the third meeting, when the community asked T-Mobile why they had not yet considered this location, we were told that they were not sure why it had not been considered. Beyond the lack of thorough groundwork to explore alternative locations, they've used tactics that I feel are less than above board. Two nights ago, that door knocker that came by with the marketing packet from T-Mobile, uh, they suggested that the community at large would benefit from this tower. Nowhere on that pamphlet they were passing out or the online um, survey did it mention that only T-Mobile customers will benefit from this tower. That is misleading and deceptive. As Jennifer mentioned, we're all aware that you legally cannot deny this based on concerns for health, but on a personal note, I have three kids. We love our home. We love our community. We love the kids of our community. We want to keep them safe. Please help us do so. Thank you for your comments. That completes the people who have signed up. Is there anyone in person who cares to provide comment? Okay. Do we have a sign-up list of those online? No, we'll just need to raise their hand. Fantastic. Um, let's start with Eric since uh, uh, he was, was ready to go. Eric, please, you, the floor is yours. Hi there. My name's Eric Wright, and I live uh, across the the park from where all of those info or in-person folks were describing. So we are right on the other edge of the, the park and um, high emotions for everyone. And I cite a similar sentiment um, and I could cite a few of my, my thoughts, but really it comes down to our children. And you feel the emotion in the community because that's what we care about most. And the home values and the views and everything else is just secondary to our children. And I have four children. Uh, we chose this place because of all of the things that you've heard tonight and the beautiful views and the, the great community. And I walk my kids to school every single day and I pick them up every single day. And I couldn't do that and would refuse to do that if there was a cell phone tower. Their health is too important to me. I have a daughter with special needs and she has her own health challenges. I can't be adding to that. Please, please vote no. Thank you, Eric. Jenny, I see your hand up. Hi, thank you very much. My name is Jenny Amomi. I live at 1249 Clear Skyway, two houses up from um, the prices that are the closest to. So I'm in the closest five homes to this proposed tower. 
Um, I've been a resident of Castle Rock since 2003. Um, we love it here. We built our home new here in 2014, specifically picking this lot as we'd have a beautiful view of the park and a clear eye line to the school. We have three children that attend Clear Sky Elementary and have um, since we've lived here. Um, we've enjoyed being able to give our kids some freedom to walk to school on their own while we could watch them from our front porch and from our driveway. This 35-foot tower completely blocks that view, um, not only of us watching our kids to and from school, but watching our children play at the park. I work from home. My office is in the front of the house, literally overlooking the park. I see people there all day long, every day, all hours of the day. It's a busy, busy park. Um, the, the health risks, I know we can't vote on that, but it is a concern, and it's a valid concern because people, some people believe it, right? And it's so many people there all day long, and they're potentially affected by that. The property values are another thing. I mean, my, based off of Jennifer's analysis, we're set to lose at least $80,000 in property value. Who in their right mind is, is okay with that? We love Castle Rock. We love our home. We love our neighbors. We love our neighborhood. And we don't want to, to lose that value that we all that we all want, right? Um, sorry, I'm trying to read through my notes and not get emotional. Um, as far as T-Mobile's coverage, so we moved here in 2003. We had T-Mobile at that time. Back in 2003, the coverage was terrible, honestly, and we left T-Mobile. We're currently with Xfinity Mobile. The price is fantastic, and the coverage is excellent. There are plenty of other options out there for cell service for those that need it that are affordable. Um, the amount of people that this will actually benefit is so minimal compared to the amount of people that are negatively impacted by this. So I do urge everyone on the council to please read the 80 pages of letters from the community. I went through and read them all myself as well. Um, please vote no. It's not, this is not the right thing for our community and our park. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Is there anyone else online that would care to provide comment? Okay, hearing none. Um, do any commissioner members have final questions of staff or the applicant before I close the public comment? And if you refer this to commissioner for recommendation. I do have a simple question for staff. I need a little bit of clarification, please, on point number two, on the proximity. Um, the, the number of 86 feet keeps coming up, but uh, on the notes, I see 134. That's on page four, on page four. What is your question? Dad, I'm, I'm getting confused on the distance to the houses though. On point number two, on page three and four, I keep seeing um, 134 feet from their nearest residence, but I keep hearing 86 on so, the comments. So if you, if you look at the, if you could see that on your screen, what we're showing you are the, the distances from the location of the, uh, the communications facility to the nearest property line of the park, right? So the one that's showing 86 feet to the west, the short line, mm -hmm. that's 86 feet straight west. That gets you to the property line. Um, we didn't do the distance. I think it's like 137 feet to the house um, because there's a roadway, sidewalks, right-of-way in between that and then the yard. So, But we just, we've just given you the, uh, the distance to the property line of the, of the, the park. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks, Steph. Any, any other questions? Okay. 
I'm going to go ahead and close the public comment period. Um, there's one statement I want to start off with and I want to make sure that everyone understands what the function of the Planning Commission is and that is to hear your comments, to, uh, to deliberate and make a recommendation to Town Council. But ultimately it will be the Town Council that makes the decision. We only make a recommendation. So with that understanding, um, do we want to have a, a motion first and then discuss? Or is there any preference to have discussion first? I'm fine either way. Let's do that. Uh, anyone care to go first? So I just want to review from our, our perspective and what we're reviewing on and able to review on. We have these six criteria that are outlined and those are the criteria that we are able to evaluate, correct? That is correct. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and while um, understanding, listening, and hearing um, the other concerns, those are not a part of this, these particular six criteria, correct? Or at least a significant number of the, of the concerns that have been brought forward here. Not dismissing or understanding in any other, any other way, but just talking about what our process is here. Correct. Um, and looking at that criteria, um, Number three stands out in my mind, and that's nature of uses on adjacent nearby properties. I'm and for. that is something that in my mind is, is applicable to the criteria that we used to uh, make our recommendation. Um, and I... I'm sorry. Mr. Cote? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Chair. Are you uh, entertaining uh, proposals for motions? Um, I thought we would have a little discussion first, but I am certainly okay. open to if, if there's any additional comment that a commissioner wants to make before we go to a, um, a, um, a proposal. I'm open to that. Otherwise, I'd be open to hearing a, a proposal. Well, in that spirit, um, I'll go ahead and just share my thoughts um, so I don't keep stepping on people's toes. And then uh, when we're ready to move towards a motion, then, um, which I guess that's redundant, um, I'll weigh back in then. Um, I think we frequently hear uh, members of the community worried about uh, loss of property values for all kinds of development proposals. Um, Despite the legwork done and the uh, opinions offered, it's really hard to correlate on a lot of these. Um, but for us, I, it's really something that we don't even get to consider in this case. Um, it's not one of the criteria on which the decision is made. Um, I will point out the irony because one of the pain points when it comes to cell signals in the town of Castle Rock is the Crystal Valley Ranch area. And there you would have them tell you uh, that property values are lower because they don't have a cell tower and adequate signal to be able to call 911 and take care of, you know, basic communications. So uh, sympathetic on people's perceptions uh, overall can't can't do anything about it in terms of our decision making rubric. Um, and, you know, it's a complicated issue. Um, as far as wireless communication facilities, I, in my three terms on Planning Commission, I believe we've entertained one 
that was in protected ridgeline space. Um, that one, as I recall, was rejected because the applicant didn't adequately address aesthetic concerns. Um, I have to say, as I just recollect that proposal, I'd rather deal with the issues inherent in that one than the issues inherent in this one. Um, I think there's more grievous potential for harm when you locate one of these in the middle of an established neighborhood in a park facility than trying to camouflage one in the plentiful open space uh, park areas and ridge lines that surround this whole neighborhood. Um, the Meadows you know, is known for how marbled it is with open space, makes it a pleasant place to live. Seems to me, knowing the topography of that neighborhood as I do, that that opens the possibility for other areas where this is more harmonious. Um, one of the public comments mentioned it, but the Grange had originally come to my mind as I looked at this. It's just 2,000 feet to the north. It's more central to the people who are experiencing uh, bad cell coverage in the map that the applicant presented, uh, Paintbrush Park, Wigglefield Dog Park, and then more open space walking trails beyond that are all clustered there. All of them would allow greater distance and buffer setback from um, the residences that are there. Um, I'll just share too, I mean, this is outside of the purview of Planning Commission, but we often give Town Council this kind of feedback. Um, the use by special review and approved criteria number two on our list which deals with proximity of this WCF to residential structures, um, you know, conforms to the design standards of the Castle Rock Municipal Code. Uh, but uh, the distances strike me as for what are required as absurd. And even the distance that exists in this time, in this instance, um, just inadequate, I think, to addressing the public's um, concerns and making it uh, respectful as the new neighbor in the neighborhood next door to the people who are already there. I mean, I think it's rare that we get this much negative feedback on a proposal. And I think that's uh, telling us something, even when we go ahead and allow for, you know, the elements we can't consider. And um, when there's information that's missing from the public's um, awareness. Uh, so all of that said, I, I read through the public comment. Um, many residents took a lot of time to go ahead and lay out their reasoning. Um, I, I'm sympathetic to it. Um, I personally will be voting no based on criteria two, the proximity issue and uh, criteria three, the nature of uses on adjacent nearby properties. I'm not persuaded that this is a good fit and that it's the only fit. Uh, I think there's other opportunities nearby. Uh, personally, I urge town council to vote no on the proposal on the same basis. And uh, frankly, I would encourage them to review uh, that municipal code that I referenced um, to what I personally think is just an inadequate setback provision kind of, uh, kind of calculation. I, I would not want to live that close to a cell phone tower for just a whole bunch of reasons. So uh, that's my comment. Uh, thank you, Commissioner. Appreciate that. Does anyone else care to make some comment? Yeah, I um, I second Commissioner Cote's um, thoughts and agree that um, 
the use by special review, number two really stands out to me. Um, and my, I guess my um, advice or, you know, just opinion to the applicant would be just to continue to work on, um, you know, a location that would work for, I think, the community. And, and I think as we all know, we all, you know, a lot of us live in the meadows. Um, certainly I understand the cell phone, you know, <laughs> challenge. I often uh, kid kid with my family. It's like, well, we're about to go to the Bermuda Triangle, um, so everybody just hold on, um, and I'll call you right back. So there is a challenge there for sure, and it's a need. Um, but I think we do need to be sensitive to um, kind of the where, the when, um, but the where maybe more importantly. And if that means that we have to go through some form of a rezoning or an entitlement piece, like that's the hard part and that's but it's doable and um, it's something that needs to be considered so I, I also will be voting no uh, on that basis I'm struggling with this one um, I believe that um, the proposal is well done I think that the aesthetics would work well in the park. I also think that it meets the criteria as defined. Um, I also have read the comments. We received the packet last week, and it's an overwhelming amount of people who are opposed to this. And uh, I think that needs to be taken into consideration. Um, I still don't know how I'm going to vote. May I? Yes. So um, in looking at the criteria that we have to evaluate, I think we all are, are focusing on two and three as potential um, hang-ups. Um, I agree with you. The aesthetics of the, of the thing, uh, aside from the distance to, to someone's house at 35 feet, um, fit, fit the requirement. Um, the need is clearly there whether you, you are it's not our, our, our spot to choose which cell provider wins because they have existing setups. Um, it, it is valid for T-Mobile to need to service their customers. Um, so I, I can empathize with that. Um, I, I think an argument of putting it on the Grange, I don't know if that's been explored in the past or if there's a way to explore that. There are issues with the Grange. There are people there as well. If you put it on the Grange, it's an entertainment spot. There's a lot of people in the summer, et cetera. There's not an easy answer to the question how you provide this infrastructure in an environment that's already built out. Nonetheless, there's a need for the infrastructure. Um, and it's not our job to choose against T-Mobile as a provider, for example, and say, you know, oh, I drive through, I, I don't use T-Mobile, I get good service, but that's random chance in a way. Um, on the face of it, there are many good things to recommend for this. There are some negatives. Um, one of those, um, for me, is, is there another spot that isn't in a school? Um, I, th I think more as much as anything, um, when we're looking at uh, criteria two and three, um, is it, uh, in particular, uh, natures and uses of adjacent and nearby properties, which is three, um, a school is literally there. I'm stuck. 
Uh, it's not clear to me which way uh, to go. If I had more information in the background that told me where the previous sites have been proposed potentially, why there aren't some other spots. I did look at the map. I don't know if we can throw their map back up where they showed um, where the, the, the green circle that, would, that it would cover. There were some spots in there that had their high orange spots that weren't covered by this, but they captured some of it. Once again, maybe not my job to evaluate if this is the best spot, it looks like a good spot, it looks like there could be better spots. With this much noise, this much frustration, I understand that. Um, we all work together, contribute to our community, we pay some pain for some gains for the community, we get some gains from pains other are paying in the community to be there. Um, people may, may not want to live by a major road that goes through. Cell tower, also infrastructure, also services, things that we need. Um, I wish there were a better answer. Yeah. I, I too read through all the comments uh, that people submitted and what have you, and I'm, and I'm sympathetic to the concerns and what have you. Um, I, Reading through all of it, I mean, it was, it was stated numerous times that yes, there's studies out there that, are, that they basically can't prove yes, the radio waves or what have you are harmful. I don't think that's up to us to decide. Uh, I, I think we have to kind of go based strictly off, does it meet the criteria? Yeah. <clears throat> You know, I'm, I'm also sympathetic to um, the public comment and, you know, I think there's there's reason to be concerned whether it's property values or what, whatever and, and a lot of that stuff we aren't allowed to really evaluate. That being said, <clears throat> I kind of lean towards number two and number three as well and the overwhelming public concern with, with what, you know, with placing the tower there. Um, I would lean towards, uh, you know, looking at alternative sites such as the Grange Papers Park and I know there is, uh, People in that area as well, but I don't think it's as impactful, in my opinion. So I would I would recommend looking at alternative sites and voting no. Are we ready for a motion? I'll make a motion. I move to recommend denial of the U. PSR wireless communication facility as presented to town council based on the following criteria. That'd be number two, concerns about the proximity of the WCF to residential structures and residential zoning and district boundaries properties. And three, nature of uses on adjacent nearby properties. I second. Can we have a roll call vote? Commissioner Martinez. Aye. Commissioner Samuelson? Aye. Commissioner Salinas? Aye. Commissioner McHugh? No. Commissioner Warnke? Aye. Vice Chair Cote? Nay. Chair Ahrens? No. Four to three, no. I think I voted wrong. I thought we were, I thought we were approving my motion. We're approving, we're approving the motion to deny. To, we're approving the motion to deny. Right. I suggest we do the roll call again. Uh, yes. Okay, so make the, sure everyone's got it. Yeah. 
The vote, yes. the vote is to approve or to, to, the, the, your the vote is the to motion. deny. Your vote is to proposal. deny, yes right. or no. Okay, Commissioner Martinez. Aye. Deny. Deny. Yeah. Commissioner. A approving, approving the motion to deny. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Commissioner Samuelson. Aye. Commissioner Salinas. Aye. Commissioner McHugh. No. Commissioner Warnke. Aye. Commission, I'm sorry, Vice Chair Cote. Aye. Chair Aarons. No. Uh, the motion carries five to two. Um, again, this is not the final decision. It'll go in front of the commission, uh, the town council, but it'll be the recommendation to deny. Thank you very much for your time. Okay, the next item is PC 2023-027, Dunkin' Donuts at Founders Marketplace, Site Development Plan, Lot 5, Founders Marketplace, Filing Number 1, Amendment 2. The commissioners must evaluate this proposal under the criteria established under the Municipal Code as summarized in the staff report. The commission will hear from the staff, applicant, and the public. Does any commissioner member have a conflict of interest they wish to disclose prior to the item being discussed? Okay, public comments will be taken on all items. Speakers will have limited to four minutes per speaker. In lieu of appearing in person, the commission has accepted sign-in request to speak on an item received by one o'clock today via email or phone. The commission has also accepted written comments to be entered in the record. Ms. Pollan, you're still up. Do you wish to, uh, or has this, uh, your, has this application been properly noticed for review in accordance with the municipal code? Yes, Chair. Do you wish to enter it into the record? Yes, Chair. The floor is yours. Uh, Chair Aarons, while we are waiting, um, I do have one quick question um, in reference to the approval of the minutes. Um, and I just want to make sure um, who uh, moved to approve and, and then who seconded. Thank you very much.
So Commissioner Cote is the we're aye ready, yield. Chair, <laughs> chair Aarons, we're, we're ready. You're ready? Okay, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, good evening, Chair, and good evening, Commissioners, again. Uh, I am pleased to present to you this evening a site development plan for a Dunkin' Donuts restaurant with a drive-through to be located in Founders Marketplace. This is a residential, non-residential interface site development plan. As you can see from the vicinity map, the uh, area is located in Founders Marketplace. It was originally zoned in 1981 as the Villages at Castle Rock, PD, and then it was rezoned in 1986 as Mall and Office Interface. The property is located in the northeast quadrant of Founders Parkway and Highway 86 and is in the neighborhood commercial center of Founders Marketplace. Surrounding uses include a credit union, car wash, 7-Eleven, inline medical and dental offices, and a multifamily residential development to the north. Um, if approved, the Dunkin' Donuts proposal will complete the mall and office infill, infill plan development. The building is approximately 1,798 square feet with a drive-through on approximately 1.13 acres. Uh, the maximum allowed building height by the zoning is 50 feet. The proposed building height is 24 feet. The proposal meets all, cri all applicable criteria for parking, landscape, and lighting. Restaurants are a permitted use by right in this zoning. Uh, this site is subject to the residential, non-residential interface regulations, which require a 30-foot buffer for buildings less than 75,000 square feet between the proposed development and existing residential development. Uh, the proposed uh, project is adjacent to a multifamily development to the north and has provided the required buffer. The 30-foot buffer area highlighted in pale yellow contains native non-irrigated grasses as well as native dryland grasses, which will remain undisturbed. The buffer area also contains overhead power lines, a utility easement, and an underground sewer interceptor that prohibits additional planting in the buffer area. Um, enhanced landscaping, highlighted in green south of the buffer area, contains trees and shrubs in excess of the required amounts to further mitigate the impacts of the multifamily development to the north. The location of the drive-through has been designed uh, based on community feedback received during the neighborhood meetings. The applicant held three neighborhood meetings which were noticed in accordance with the town's municipal code. Three emails were received from the community and are available in your packet. Uh, both positive and negative feedback was received. Community concerns were primarily regarding fast food restaurant in the neighborhood, increased traffic, and lights and noise from the drive-through. Uh, staff finds the site development plan meets the, the requirements of a mall and office infill, and it meets the town, <laughs> the town municipal code requirements for site development plan criteria and the town's technical criteria. The development also complies with mall and office infill. I said that, so I apologize. Uh, staff is recommending that the Planning Commission recommend approval of the site development plan with a residential, non-residential interface to town council. The proposed motions are included in your staff report and are shown on the screen. 
Uh, this concludes staff presentation. As staff is available for any questions the planning commissioners may have. Uh, the applicant is not present here in the room, but they are available on WebEx and would like to do a presentation at this time. Uh, we'll see if there's any uh, questions from the commissioners and staff first. I just have, can you go back to what your comment was on, or what you were saying about it completes the development plan for that area? Sure, so that little, the Founders Marketplace development, right, this is the last developable lot within there. Within there, okay. So that northeast corner from, you know, everything from 7-Eleven to the car wash and all those things. And the credit union, all that, okay. Yep. Okay, I think we're ready for the uh, applicant's presentation. Hello, uh, my name is TJ Speech. I'm part of the project team here for the Duncan Founders site. Um, I am a civil engineer with WC Civil. Um, with us tonight, um, Dina, if you would, do I have the power to scroll over this or is this uh, just Dina here? Hold on one second. Uh, we just, you just have to say next slide when you want us to move it. Gotcha, next slide please. With the project team, uh, we have Quality Brand Group is the applicant here on the call here. We have Lisa Busca and Shannon Lachlan. Shane Clark actually is in attendance with you guys tonight. He showed up today kind of last minute, but he is in the building tonight. Um, owner, we've got Brian Zurich, who I don't believe could make the call tonight. But um, again, I'm the engineer on the project, TJ Speech. Next slide, please. Um, as Dina mentioned, we've got our, call it an 1800 square foot building with the drive through in the parking lot. Uh, it's a going to be a 1.13 acre site it, existing ground covers just native grasses nothing exists on the site currently uh, next slide please again here's another shot of the site plan uh, drive-through aisle was placed based on uh, community feedback as Dina mentioned as well uh, we've got ADA parking ADA pedestrian access from both sides of the site uh, bike parking as well uh, next slide please here's a shot of the south building elevation Next slide, please. And the north elevation as well. Uh, next slide's got the east and the west as well. And below that, we don't have any um, renderings of the site, but we do have some photos of similar sites in Colorado and Arizona. So this is going to give you an idea of what the finishes are probably going to be looking like. And that is it for our slides here. Does that complete your uh, presentation? Yes, it does. Are there any questions from commissioners on the applicant? Thank you very much, Mr. Speech. Appreciate your time. Mm -hmm. We'll move on to public comment. I see one person has signed up to comment on this. Mrs. Johnson, if you would care to come on up. Good evening, Commissioners. Karen Johnson. Um, I um, am opposed to adding another um, fast food restaurant. I know staff said restaurants are included, but I'm not sure fast food versus restaurant, fast food restaurant versus restaurant, um, if that's been clarified, what the hours of operation will be. I'm sorry I wasn't able to attend any of the previous uh, virtual meetings. I would have preferred to have a hybrid. Um, 
before this. Um, also, in looking at the traffic impact analysis, um, I see that the whole um, pass by trips um, was heavily used to um, bring this into uh, something that would be more palatable. Um, in my mind, uh, for some in our community, um, but the impact, if you really read what the trip generation summary says, is um, 1,248 trips, basically 1,250 trips um, in a 24-hour period. That's a lot of trips. There's already a ton of traffic, as we know, on Founders, Four Corners area. We're gonna add, we're gonna add this increase to McDonald's, which serves coffees. Trying to do, you know, coffee um, as well. Um, then the whole uh, traffic signal warranted um, is specified in the traffic, and it's also specified that they use conservative analysis. And then the need for signalization, traffic signal. Um, will be monitored by the town, and I don't want to see this be monitored for a traffic signal and only have a traffic signal happen after someone is killed, like has happened in other parts along Founders. Um, a lot of pushback. Um, this is going to generate a ton of new traffic on an already congested uh, parkway, highway, because it's Highway 86. Um, I just um, would ask you to uh, please um, not proceed with approving this. Thank you. Thank you for your comment. Is there anyone else in person that would care to comment on this topic? Is there anyone online that would care to uh, uh, provide comment on this one? Okay, hearing none. Are there any additional questions of either staff or the applicant before we close the public hearing process? Hearing none, we'll go ahead and move into deliberations. Um, I'd be Willing to, to take a motion and have discussion afterward on this one? I'll make a motion. I remove that uh, we recommend approval of Dunkin' Donuts Slice Development Plan to Town Council as presented. Uh, by Commissioner Wonky. Do I hear a second? I'll second the motion. Uh, Commissioner uh, Samuelson seconds that. Can we have a roll call vote? Uh, do you want to have some discussion first, though? Um, I'll go ahead and start. Uh, this is the last project in um, a development. It is consistent with how it's zoned. It fits in well. Um, it, it makes a lot of sense to me. And, and I wish the applicant good luck on their, their proposal. And I would echo that. It's, it's just an infill piece to complete that off and it fits the existing types of of um, buildings that are in that location and use, usage. So um, I, I think it just completes and finishes it off nicely. And I like donuts. 
Can we have a roll call vote? Commissioner Martinez? Aye. Commissioner Samuelson? Aye. Commissioner Salinas? Aye. Commissioner McHugh? Aye. Commissioner Warnke? Aye. Vice Chair Cote? Aye. Chair Ahrens? Aye. Okay. Next item on the agenda is PC 2023-028, Site Development Plan, the Oaks of Castle Rock. Filing number 2A, 166 acres, single family detached, located south of Plum Creek Parkway, east of South Lake Gulch Road, and west of Ridge Road. The commission must evaluate the proposal under the criteria established on the municipal code as summarized in the staff report. The commission will hear from staff, applicant, and the public. Does any commission member have a conflict of interest or any other matter he or she would like to disclose prior to proceeding on this item? Fantastic. Public comments will be taken on all items. The speakers will be limited to four minutes per speaker. In lieu of appearing in person, the, the commission has accepted sign-in request to speak to an item received by one o'clock today via email or phone. The commission has also accepted written comments to be entered in the record. Uh, Ms. Bossler, has this application been properly noticed uh, for review in accordance with the municipal code? Yes, it has been. Thank and you. Would you like to enter the report into the record? I would like to enter my PowerPoint into the record. Yes, Fantastic. please. Fantastic. Uh, the floor is yours. Thank you. Just a moment. I should be ready. <laughs> um, I wanted to start with um, also adding to the record there were um, the emails that I had received at the time that the Planning Commission uh, staff report was published and sent to all of you um, were included in your packet. I've received uh, three additional um, since then, so I did, uh, for the record, I passed out copies of those to you before the meeting began, and we have copies that we will add to the record, um, the formal record of the, the, uh, the meeting. Okay, so I hope you all have opportunity to, you do have those, okay. Um, Chair and members of the, of the commission, I want to thank you for the opportunity to present this application uh, to you this evening. The proposal before you is a revision to an existing approved site development plan. Uh, the zoning on the property is already in place and this is not a request to rezone the property, change uses, or uh, anything that would be covered in the approved zoning. Um, there are no changes uh, in particular to the permitted use, which is single-family detached residential on the site. Um, we're seeking Planning Commission's recommendation to Council this evening. Um, this public hearing, as I mentioned, has been publicly uh, noticed. My first few slides uh, that I'll be going over will orient you to the site location and framework uh, of the background uh, on the Oaks of Castle Rock PD in general, and then I'll conclude with uh, the particular site development plan uh, that you're considering. Uh, the site uh, subject property is located uh, south of Plum Creek Parkway, east of Le South Lake Gulch Road, <coughs> west of Ridge Road. Um, filing 2A um, is, consists of about 166 acres, is zoned PD, again within the Castle, uh, the Oaks of Castle Rock plan development. 
Um, the Oaks PD includes two other filings. Filing one um, is located uh, off of South Lake Gulch Road, is a, uh, a neighborhood of single family attached, primarily duplex um, homes that uh, have been constructed. That SDP was approved in 2001. The other filing is um, accessed off of Ridge Road. This is filing three. This is also, this is a single family detached neighborhood. Um, the SDP for that was approved in 2010 and um, construction began sometime around 2020. Um, okay, sorry, <laughs> I'm confusing myself. Um, so before you this evening, um, you'll see the area in blue and in yellow um, make up filing two, which has the approved site development plan already on it. Um, the area that is strictly in blue is the area that is subject to this revision to the site development plan. The area that is in yellow will remain filing two. Uh, it contains 18 lots. There are no changes to that site development plan. Um, the split, as I explained in my staff report, was really along the lines of ownership um, and a split in the ownership group. So the surrounding uses include uh, neighborhoods that are within the town of Castle Rock. You have Rolling Hills Apartments, which are located um, to the north. I keep up with myself here. <laughs> that are located to the northwest. Uh, the Oaks Filing One that I just spoke about, which is part of Cas the Oaks of Castle Rock, um, is located directly to the west. Um, the Oaks Filing Two, again, is in the yellow. And the Oaks Filing Three is uh, in the sort of uh, orange brown color to the east. Castle Oaks East is a um, larger lot neighborhood, but is also in the town of Castle Rock. Everything else that you see on the site uh, in gray is within Douglas County. It's not incorporated into the town, and the zoning varies from um, Ag 1, A1, uh, to rural residential. Uh, so to summarize the history of approvals and entitlements to date, uh, first we'll cover the zoning. So in 1985, the initial annexation and zoning of the Oaks um, of Castle Rock plan development was approved by town council. Then in 2005, an additional uh, property was added. Uh, the Archer property was annexed to the town, but instead of having its own PD zoning, it was um, the it was included in the Oaks at Castle Rock and was uh, amended into that PD and the PD zoning. In 2007, another property annexed into the town and was zoned under the Oaks at Castle Rock, and that's the Burchette property. Um, okay. The site development plans, um, again, filing one uh, was approved in 2001. Um, filing two, which is the yellow and the, and the blue area, again, was approved in 2009. And filing three to the east was approved in 2010. Okay. Um, just to quickly, this was uh, provided more detail, but uh, in your staff report, I don't want to um, go longer than I need to this evening, uh, given the hour. Um, the proposal for filing 2A uh, meets all of the uh, allowances that were granted in the existing zoning on the property. And it's broken out in this table 
Um, if we need to, we can come back to this. Um, but again, this was taken right out of the staff report. So narrowing it down, the highlights of filing 2A, which is the majority of the original filing 2, um, the highlights include um, 114 dwelling units. This is an increase of four um, lots, four single family homes um, over the combined filing 2 um, that is approved. There's 93 acres of open space that is both dedicated and private. This is an increase of um, about 20 acres. The minimum lot size uh, with this uh, reduces to 1,600 square feet, excuse me, 16,000 square feet, um, which is a reduction in this area of about 3,000 square feet over the minimum uh, in the previous site plan. Um, but it's important to note, on average, the lot sizes are uh, half acre and larger. These are just the minimums. Um, the building height maximum is 35 feet, except as it is um, limited by the Skyline Ridgeline. And in the, uh, there's a no-build zone. If you can see on this slide before you, it's the um, green uh, vertical line, uh, sort of in the northeast corner, that is uh, has a certain setback area where structures um, within those lots cannot be built. The area that is hatched in black, outlined in red towards the south bottom in planning area six, um, was an area that in the previous site plan, as well as this, um, the maximum building height must be measured from the pre-development um, elevations. Um, so if there's fill, that must be taken into consideration um, in, in determining and calculating the building height that's allowed. Uh, there is one access point. Um, where the previous site development plan had two access points from Plum Creek Parkway. Um, there's now one. It's marked with the red arrows. Um, the connection to the southeast corner is ca uh, Castle Vista Drive, and that um, it remains consistent which, with what was on previous site plans, not only filing two, but for filing three as well, and was called out on the previous zoning documents. The areas that don't change um, on this, I think, are important to note. Again, it's the extension of um, Castle Vista Drive, um, the measurement from pre-development grades for the uh, southernmost lots. Um, it still remains subject uh, to the same degree to the Skyline Ridgeline protection uh, regulations. The extension of the trail system remains consistent. The um, improvement of the drainage corridor that runs um, uh, diagonally for the southeast to the northwest through the site remains, um, will be improved for uh, drainage. We'll have drainage improvements, but it also serves as the wildlife corridor, a wildlife corridor through the site. Um, and there's a significant expansion of uh, an existing open space area that is in filing three. So the area that has the, the teal blue circle around it um, will create uh, basically um, we got almost 30 acre site right now there's an 11 acre open space site in filing three this will add another 18 19 acres to that and it's all consolidated in one location it also happens to be where the the biggest stand of um, mature pines exists so um, a regional park or excuse me a regional trail system will um, traverse through that as well as through the drainage and to um, 
a grade-separated crossing under Plum Creek Parkway. So the community outreach for this project consisted of three hybrid meetings um, that were held. Notices were sent, um, as is typical and required by code, to uh, surrounding property owners within 500 feet. Uh, the website was posted with the neighborhood meeting notice, as well as signs were posted on the site, um, which included along Plum Creek Parkway, as well as um, on the <coughs> eastern terminus of Crystal or Castle Vista Drive in filing three, near filing three. Again, the emails that we received are in your packet. Three additional were provided to you this evening. Um, the, it, throughout the neighborhood meeting process, uh, the topics and concerns and questions that were raised um, were consistent, uh, impacts to wildlife, to the corridors, um, Fencing, uh, whether to have fencing, not you know, not have fencing to allow the wildlife to move through the site. Some folks, so the applicant removed the fencing uh, for residential lots, and then some of the feedback was um, concern for uh, pets, dogs that could get would be running free and and able to um, access or conflict with some of the livestock and the surrounding county properties. Um, that the applicant can discuss how that can be handled through the HOA. Um, trail connections, where they are, where the trailheads are, um, kind of positive and negative feedback on that. Um, signage, entry monuments, um, all of this again is detailed in your staff report. Okay. So when we look at, um, this is an amendment to an existing SDP. We look at the same criteria, which is before you on this slide, for evaluating um, whether it is appropriate and it meets the town <coughs> regulations. These are the areas um, uh, that are of particular interest to us in that evaluation. Okay. And uh, so con to conclude, staff has found that uh, the proposal conforms to the goals of the town's guiding documents, which are the comprehensive master plan and the vision. Uh, it meets the requirements of the <coughs> Oaks uh, Castle Rock uh, plan development zoning. It meets the site development plan review and approval criteria uh, of the municipal code chapter 1738, and it complies with the town's technical criteria. Staff is making a recommendation that planning commission recommend to town council approval of the Oaks filing to a site development plan as proposed. Um, your potential motions are before you. Uh, they're also in your staff report. That concludes my presentation. I'm happy to take questions now. The applicant uh, and owner are present this evening. They have a presentation for you. Um, so I can take questions now after their presentation or after the public comment period. Thank you. Any questions of staff right now? I'll go ahead and invite the applicant up then. Thank you, Sandy. Good evening, commissioners, staff, and residents. My name is Kevin Lovelace with LJA Engineering. I'm the civil engineer representing the property for the development. With me today, I have Brian Alpert, the owner's representative for Castleview LLC, the applicant. 
Uh, Sandy's correct, her, her, her presentation was quite thorough and I'll try to be as brief as I can as well and not repeat as much as uh, possible. The Oaks Filing 2A has been in the works for many years with annexation and zoning occurring in 1985. And several amendments, as Sandy noted, have been processed over the years to accommodate development needs over time, uh, such as the splitting uh, due to ownership. As Sandy's report mentions, the first site development plan application was approved over 13 years ago with a similar layout uh, and five variances that are no longer de deemed valid. Our application has been in the system since 2021 and seen three different project staff planners, numerous department staff changes, and ultimately has culminated in the site development plan we are proud to present before you here tonight. Located just east of the Douglas County Fairgrounds within close proximity to downtown Castle Rock and access to the town's newly improved Plum Creek Parkway arterial project, this project is located on a truly unique piece of property. We have surrounding developments consisting of several neighborhoods, including Oaks Filing 3 to the east, a Richmond Homes community, Castle Ridge East further to the north and east, a custom lot subdivision, Rolling Hills to the north, a multifamily development, the Oaks Filing 1 and Oaks Crest condos to the west, single family and duplex multifamily units, respectively. Baldwin Park Estates Filing 2, which is to our northwest across Plum Creek Parkway. It's another single family subdivision, as well as abutting uh, unincorporated properties located within Douglas County. I know this slide's a little blurry, so I apologize. Other amenities and their proximity to our project include two local fire stations, uh, three and a half and 6.6 .6 miles away, pretty close. Castle Rock Adventist Hospital, less than seven miles away to the northwest, uh, where both my children were born. Uh, Philip S. Miller Park, one of the best multi-activity parks in the Front Range area, just three and a half miles to the west across I-25. Two elementary schools, less than two miles to the north and east, uh, Douglas County Fairgrounds uh, to the west, just two miles away, and multiple retail and grocers within three miles, both to the northeast and west. We've got street sections shown for Plum Creek Parkway and the internal streets. Um, these are straight from the town of Castle Rock standards with no variances requested. Uh, we also have the intersection of our development to Plum Creek Parkway um, at what we're calling Legend Oaks Trail, uh, depicted as well right in the center of your slide. Other items shown on the slide highlight locations of roundabouts, traffic signals, and regional roadway improvements from the town's master street plan, which we are all in conformance with. Our current zoning, dedicated with the Oaks of Castle Rock preliminary PD amendment number four is shown here, along with the now built Oaks filing three, located within planning areas four and nine, which was a part of that Burchette annexation that uh, Sandy mentioned earlier. The reason we're back before you here today is the final PD site plan, previously approved in 2010, included five variances and two access points to Plum Creek Parkway, which would no longer be allowed under current standards. We have worked diligently with staff to reconcile differences in code and satisfy all departments' current requirements for development. Here's another graphic of the current plan. Key elements of the current plan include traversing grades with meandering streets to produce an environmentally sensitive site plan that reduces grade impacts to the existing areas to the extent possible given the need to meet necessary access criteria and not request variances. 
Some additional site plan differences between the original final PD site plan and our current plan are shown on this slide for reference, many of which were driven by citizen comment and input over the various public engagement meetings held since 2021. Shown here is the conceptual layout for the proposed regional trail through the site, which follows the natural drainage corridor north of Castle Vista Drive and traverses steep grades to a planned connection to the Oaks Filing 3 to the east. Additional maintenance access points provides dual use as trail access for local homeowners, highlighted in purple. This is an open space connectivity slide highlighting the adjacent dedicated open space areas. Our development provides 56% open space excluding residential lots, which will likely contain as much as 67% open space interior to each lot given their sizes and anticipated building footprints. It should be noted that development in some areas north of Plum Creek Parkway are already planned. The additional open space connectivity to the north should be expected in the future per the town's master plan. This slide shows the plan location of our monument signs, both at the entry off of Plum Creek Parkway and our connection to uh, Oaks Filing 3. And per citizen comments, we've added additional trees of a specific species at the request of the neighbor to the south. All landscaping shown here and throughout our SDP meets or exceeds the town's landscape and irrigation criteria manual requirements, which includes water conservation measures. We have also included a picture representation of the optional fencing included in our SDP on a separate slide. Uh, this fencing will include uh, optional wire mesh grid for pet enclosure. Here we have skyline ridgeline boundaries uh, shown in beige and blue, similar to Sandy's slide. Our development will comply with all height and mitigation requirements outlined in the skyline ridgeline ordinance for <laughs> lots located within the highlighted areas. Lots not located within the highlighted areas will comply with standard height requirements set forth in the town's regulations. It is noted that many of our neighbors who have provided citizen comment via email or in person currently live in neighborhoods made possible by the original annexation or subsequent annexation and zonings that our property uh, and project before you here tonight is also a part of. We'd like to thank our neighbors, both new and old, for their input and constructive engagement as we've worked through the amendment process with the goal of bringing this portion of the development to a close. We have considered and addressed a number of concerns from our neighbors shown on this slide and believe we have made good faith efforts to address those concerns without undue compromise to our own rights set forth by the governing zoning documents. We produced this slide as a graphical reference for citizen comments that we've received either via email or attendance of neighborhood meetings, uh, just to give an idea of where public comments have come from on this application. In conclusion, we concur with Sandy's assessment for the application, and in that we believe we are in compliance with all approval criteria listed herein. Thank you for your time tonight, and we're happy to answer any questions you may have. Thank you. Any questions of the applicant? Thank you very much. Appreciate that. And thank you. The slide showing the uh, where the complaint uh, the comments have. That's the first time I think I've seen that. It's very helpful. Thank you. You're very welcome. Okay. This is a public hearing. At this time, we'll open it to public comment. When I call your name, please step forward. 
to the microphone and clearly state your name, place of residence, your association with the action for the commission, and any financial or personal interest you might have in that action. If you do not live within the municipal limits of Castle Rock, please state so for the record. Provide your testimony. In the interest of time, we ask that you limit comments to no more than four minutes, and you may be asked questions by the commission members. We thank you in advance for your participation, and Marilyn, I bet you wish that you were on the first one and didn't have to sit through everyone else's. Right, but my husband will be thrilled about Good evening, I'm Marilyn Elkire. I live at 555 Southridge Road. Um, I live in unincorporated Douglas County and my property is the boundary of the southern boundary of the Oaks 2A and also runs along the entire boundary of the Oaks 3. And uh, I own and operate SRL quarter horses on approximately 85 acres. I moved, uh, purchased my property in 1989, and it has been suggested this particular development has been underway for a number of years. I have been battling development along my driveway and property boundary probably for over 30 years. Um, you, as representatives of the county, not just the town, appreciate the need for considering buffer for different land uses tied to development and my property and the properties south of me, which tend to be large acreage agricultural uses, need to be, continue to be protected. Uh, I will thank the developer, developer who has made significant concessions to me, but my one of my biggest concerns is the proximity of some of these lots to my property line, which actually are feet, not yards, uh, away from my property line. And looking at the extended amount of open space that they already have designated, it's unclear to me why they can't move, at least move, some of these top lots farther down or to another location so that I can get a better buffer. Uh, on the issue of fencing, my I have a classic agricultural fence, which is pipe and cable. Um, I would disagree with the staff report. I participated in all three of the public meetings, and I think overall people are very, one, we are con concerned about the wildlife corridor because we do have a lot of wildlife, but overall I think people prefer fencing, especially backyard fencing on these properties. And when you look at where the wildlife corridor is, it runs through the backyards of approximately 20-some houses. And those 20-some houses are going to have dogs and pets, and if you were a deer, would you go trotting through that particular 30-foot wide, you know, wildlife corridor? No, you wouldn't. So I very much would like to see fencing, on the back fencing on these lots, especially ones that are in the proximity of my property as well as the f properties that uh, back to the wildlife corridor. Um, additionally, 
there has been the exclusion of these 18 or it's either 18 or 19 lots from this particular consideration. Why they were randomly excluded just because there, there's now a different ownership is very unclear to me. I understand these lots are in the same for, format that they were originally proposed, but there's been changes in the access to this development, no longer two accesses to uh, Plum Creek. Now there's, there's the wildlife corridor should have been considered relative to this, and the location of the trail, which is ridiculous as proposed, could have potentially gone through part of that development. So I think those 19 lots should have been part of this consideration. Thank you. Thank you, and thank you for your patience. Michelle? My name is Michelle Hopkins. I'm Maryland's neighbor to the south at 1235 South Ridge Road. I mostly echo Maryland's comments, but would like to reiterate our concerns about fencing in the new development. Um, we do have an immense amount of wildlife. It has decreased somewhat over the years as new developments have encroached, but um, I can't tell you the number of times I've rescued a neighbor's loose dog and returned them or waited for them to retrieve them. So fencing makes sense to contain pets um, and quite honestly, uh, not only contain pets, but keep other things out of yards. Um, aside from that, I mean, there's so much that we don't like about progress. You can't really stop it. Um, and the developer has made quite a few concessions, um, and that's much appreciated. But um, so I think that's really all I have to say. I think it's a done deal at this point, um, but you know what our concerns are. Thank you for sharing your comments. Ms. Johnson, you're up again. Good evening, Commissioners. Karen Johnson. Um, I'm wondering if I can get one of you to explain the Metro District this area will be incorporated into, if it's an existing Metro District or a separate Metro District um, is being formed for this. Um, I would really appreciate knowing that information. Um, the other comments I have are more basically looking at that wildlife corridor, the trail, the um, tributary basically that will be dropping about, what did I figure out, um, 60 feet from 90 feet of elevation to 30 feet and in a short amount of time through there. Um, I know there's a lot of planned um, stabilization according to the um, 
drainage um, plan. Um, I just, I do, I would like to ask that the um, Planning Commission maybe consider um, if this is not in fact the case to make sure that the stabilization for that tributary is done before all of the homes and roadways, et cetera, are built because I can just see the runoff and the issues for all of the folks that live downhill of um, this area and uh, they will get water, stormwater flows that they haven't seen before because <laughs> if this isn't channelized ahead of time. Um, so I would strongly uh, ask that uh, if this is approved, that a condition be added to make sure that those improvements are done before um, there's too much development in that for this project and it looked like it wasn't gonna be phased. So I'm hoping this is one of the first steps that would be done and then I also would like some more information about the right diesel lane, the left diesel lanes on Plum Creek and then also why there wasn't a curb cut into the new, newly built improved Plum Creek Parkway for the access. Um, why, why wasn't it already in place like Ridge was improved as well and there's um, curb cuts for non-existent development along there. And um, so just, just um, some things to think about. Uh, low impact development would be strongly suggested for this area. I know there are gonna be semi-custom, custom homes and um, low impact development processes are beneficial in those. The, <coughs> Retaining the gamble oak, the pine trees, the habitat for the mule deer, and all of the other wildlife that um, currently exist in that corridor would be very beneficial to just our community. I think we all love to still be able to see all of that around our, our neighborhoods and through our neighborhoods, and um, just ask you to consider that. Thank you. Ms. Johnson, before you go, could you could you clarify your drainage question? Because you had some recommendations that you wanted them to look at going forward. But I want to make sure since we have we have reviewers here from the town that can answer those questions. Can you clarify your drainage question you were looking to have answered tonight? And could you clarify again the transportation question on the curb cut again so we can make sure our, our team can answer that for the planning commission? Sure. Um, as far as I believe it's, uh, it's tributary two or unnamed tributaries, I know there were a number of them, but um, the one that goes currently already has um, an, a, a passageway under Plum Creek Parkway. Um, I just, uphill or going south, there is a steep, steep slope and um, that all needs to be stabilized and everything so that it doesn't impact those on Eaton living, you know, behind there um, and further on down, like even, um, you know, Columbine. I mean, just 
towards the men. I mean, it just I can just see, you know, there's already sheets of water flowing down the new um, new two lanes of Plum Creek when there is moisture. Um, so I can just see the, the impact of right. uh, you know developing more, causing you know all the impervious surface that causes. Um, more water to flow through the area. Um, and then just basically I, I see the, the, where the median has not been continued. There's an opening for what looks like the um, full access intersection that um, was mentioned. And um, I just, it wasn't clear from what I could see by my looking at that, um, if the right D cell lane and left D cell lanes were in the middle, or there was going to be a right uh, D cell lane going in um, off of Plum Creek, going you know heading. Well, it's always tricky there because <laughs> you know east, west, north, south um, gets kind of iffy there, depending on where you are on Plum Creek. Um, and then they just, you know, at that, I'm guessing that's where that full intersection, uh, full access intersection will be. And when the nice, pretty sidewalk um, and concrete along there was installed recently with the improvements on Plum Creek, there was no drive, no street cut left for them to use and so now it's all going to be torn out and we spent all this money on that improvement and then it's going to be torn out and I know when I was on council I got lots of comments from residents about those sorts of things and how our residents dislike um, tearing out brand new things because something else came in afterwards or wasn't thought about, et cetera. So I think That's I covered. That's great. That's much appreciated. Thank you very much. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. <clears throat> that completes the names that are on the sign-up list. Is there anyone else in person who would care to provide comment on this item? Hearing nothing. Is there anyone that's... Oh, please come on up. I'm sorry. Hi, my name is Beth Maru. I live at 359 South Ridge Road. It is um, one property away from being adjacent to that property. So I did not get the notice because um, the property that I'm adjacent to is 600 feet long. And so um, I uh, was notified, uh, thanks to Marilyn Alkire, and appreciate that. Um, I was able to participate in all three of the public meetings and give comments and concerns. And again, the applicant has given us some um, considerations, but I have some other considerations that I'd like to have addressed by um, the entities before it gets um, approved. There are going to be 114 homes, and we have been told that it's going to be all custom. So there's not gonna be one builder that comes in. So. We have not heard anything about phasing and the possibility, although very rare, that all 114 homes could be built at the same time could happen if they sell all of them. So we haven't seen anything about how they're going to 
incorporate a timeline so that we don't have even more impact on Plum Creek because there's going to be um, builders coming in and out that are going to have to be um, dealt with as that is being built. So a consideration for how that's going to be phased in might be appreciated by the people who have to use Plum Creek as there's going to be a lot of additional traffic for that piece of it. And then the other piece is um, the traffic that is gonna be put on to Plum Creek from these homes because there is only one area for them to come in and out of. A majority of the people are gonna be working in the Cast Rock area or heading to the interstate. And I think they did an 80-20 split for the traffic and found that there was going to be minimal impact, which I don't feel is an accurate representation of what's going to happen because of the number of trips, um, these people that are buying in there will probably have children, have to get them out to schools, have to run to all of the after school activities, and then also have work that they're going to because these are going to be higher end homes. I imagine it might be double um, jobs, so people are going to be in and out. Um, and then also being a teacher, I know that 5A, 5B did not pass, so there are not schools that are going to be built in the near future. So having the impact of these homes and any other developments that are happening right now in Castle Rock is going to be significant and there's not a place to put all of these children. So these are just some of the things that some conditions or considerations that I would like to have addressed as we look towards this being put, th put in. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your comments. Thank you. Is there anyone else that's here tonight that wishes to comment? Okay, let's move to online. I see hand up, uh, D. Spooler. If you have your hand up, go ahead and uh, and come off mute, and we'll take your comments. I see the hand went down. I'm guessing that means you. Oh, it's back up. Let's go ahead, uh, if you go on, take yourself off mute and we'll take your comments. Hey, can you hear me now? We can, thank you. Can. Okay, sorry, I must have not had it on there. My name is Daniel Spuler. I live at 1175 Ridge Oaks Drive. I own the property that's about 35 acres just east of uh, the, the Oaks. Uh, A2, I proposed the site here. Um, I missed the last uh, um, meeting because I was abroad, but um, I, I did want to attend this one. Uh, I guess there was quite a bit of movement here, and I just wanted to, you know, see how things have progressed. And I'm seeing that there are definitely some narrow setbacks between my property line and what is uh, being proposed for the, the oaks there uh, on my uh, property line. It's only 20, I don't know if that's 20 feet or 20 inches, or it's very hard to tell from these drawings that I received. Yeah, so my, my property is where the green line is, um, and then east of there. So I own... Uh, Pretty much the 12 acre lot and then the 22 acre lot where the house is sitting and um 
Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of on the same page with the rest of the neighbors, just looking for a little bit more setback. Um, and also making sure the fences are in place. Um, again, uh, you know, we do have a lot of wildlife going through there, everything from turkeys, deer, uh, God, I don't even know, I've seen, seen some bear uh, coming through. So, um, you know, I don't... Um, I don't know exactly if there's been a new proposal for fencing. The last I saw was I, I thought I saw a picture in this um, in this uh, presentation, but uh, I don't know if that changed on that on on my property line area. Is that the extent of your comments? Uh, yeah, I guess I'm just curious whether or not, uh, you know, uh, there's anything that can be done there uh, for adjusting some of that setback and also confirming what kind of fencing that is actually proposed along my property line. Okay. Um, this, this isn't a dialogue where there's questions and answers. Um, you know, it, it is your opportunity to provide comment. The commissioners might have uh, questions that might uh, clarify some of the issues you raised, but uh, if that concludes your comments, uh, we appreciate them very much. Sure. Thank you. Is there anyone else that's online that cares to make a uh, public comment? Okay, I don't see anyone else's hand coming up. Um, are there any questions of either the staff or the applicant that commissioners would like to ask before we go into deliberations? I have a question to the water department. If there is dealing with stormwater, and if there's anyone that would like to uh, address that, if you could just please describe the process that takes place when um, there is construction taking place yes. and how there might be containment that's already in the process of of uh, doing the construction. So, so Brian Kelly with our uh, drainage department is is online and you can answer your question. Fantastic. Uh, good evening. Uh, if I understood the question right, I believe that it was talking about how to uh, control the drainage during construction or at least um to find some way of mitigating any type of development impacts to the drainage way is that correct your question was much better phrased than mine was thank you um yes and we do that um what we require in advance of a project there's a couple things um we require that the erosion control measures are put in place prior to any grading activity on the site. And in the uh, case of the drainage structures uh, for the, the large unnamed tributary that uh, Ms. Johnson brought up, um, that is a steep gradient. Um, when we get the SDP plan that we're looking at or that we've reviewed already and the engineer's drainage report, they are planning to line that channel um, throughout its length, so any type of improvements there 
will certainly help to improve the conditions and be able to more easily pass the flow without eroding further that, that long channel. Um, it's ideal that those improvements are done in advance and um, the applicant may be able to comment further. However, um, at the STP stage, we've seen uh, what we call a phase two drainage report um, and we have not seen construction drawings. So the next step that we would see are construction drawings and that's an opportunity for staff, um, i.e. myself and others to review the um, actual construction um, elements of the channel that's being proposed. It gets into a lot of the detail of the drop structures, uh, grade control structures, the lining of the channel, um, and um, at some point, uh, depending on what is agreed to, how the phasing of those improvements would look in relation to the development. I hope that helps to answer the question. That helps very much. Thank you, Mr. Kelly. And I have one question of the applicant. Uh, you were talking about the fencing. It wasn't clear to me uh, whether or not there is going to be fencing to control pets or whether or not it's going to be left open to allow wildlife to, to flow through. So if you could just clarify that for me, I'd appreciate that. There's a write-up right here that talks about the fencing. Okay. What page is it? It says uh, page 137. Yeah. It says that it's a maximum four foot high, four rails, steel slat fence, and that the HOA would apply additional covenants for um, containing family pets. Sure, and the applicant can come up and explain more. They can also address the phasing question also at the same time. Good evening, commissioners. Um, one thing that we would like to address is that required fencing is not in place per the PD zoning. So per our current zoning, um, we are not required to provide fencing. So I just wanted to clarify that. Um, we do have that language included that Commissioner Samuelson mentioned. Um, it is our plan to include wording in our HOA documents that makes it clear that um, owners in this subdivision will need to contain their pets. Uh, the specifics of containment um, currently are not defined. Uh, however, that's gonna be clear that, that this isn't gonna be a development that you just let your dog run loose and, and it's gonna be okay. So that's kind of um, what we have to say on the fencing issue. There was another question regarding phasing. Uh, currently uh, in the agenda packet, uh, Sandy's, um, uh, Sandy's description does state that we are not intending to phase this development. All the infrastructure is intended to be built in one phase. Um, that does not speak, however, to the construction of the homes, which will be semi-custom and custom builds. Um, we don't necessarily have control over the duration of the timeline for construction of homes. However, for infrastructure construction, when the main heavy equipment and, and grading operations and major infrastructure is going in, that will all occur in one phase. Thank you. Are there any additional questions from the commission? And I'll even give Commissioner Cote a chance to say something because I've been ignoring him. Anything, Chris? I'm always happy to pipe up. So, uh, no, I have no okay. questions at All present. Right. Thank you. All right. Thank you. And thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, let's close the public hearing and go into deliberations. Um, I, uh, Mr. Reed I'm, sure if, I'm sure if you wanted the traffic questions to be answered. 
Oh, yeah, let's go ahead and, and do that. We'll make sure those, and then Sandy will answer the setback question that came up also. Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. Thank okay, you. great. Um, Tom Reif with our Public Works Department is here. Hello? Okay. Okay, I'm waiting for the question here, I'm sorry. Uh, there were some <laughs> questions about traffic. There's uh, whether or not there's a cut on founder, or not founders, but Plum Creek. And if you could just kind of summarize how the process is gonna take place for the traffic flow. Um, sure, so I wasn't the project manager for Plum Creek Parkway, but what I do know is that this this particular development project, there there was no timeline for construction, and there still isn't a timeline. And they also did not have a construction document that we could incorporate into the Plum Creek Parkway project. We did not want to delay the Plum Creek widening project, so we kept moving forward with it. But it was made very clear as we were going through the process that the developer will be fully responsible for making any uh, intersection improvements to access their site. Thank you. Any clarification? All right. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. You're welcome. Okay. Let's go ahead and close the uh, public hearing and go S into Sandy, the Sandy's next. She's going to answer the setback question. I want to make sure everybody gets their questions answered. Okay. Yeah. Right. Mr. Spuler had a question about um, the uh, 20 foot and I believe it is 20 foot, correct? Um, or the green line is it's it's a basically a no build or a setback within the lots along his property line, so people couldn't put up sheds or a gazebo or any kind of a structure that required a building permit. It has to be 20 feet. It has to be 20 feet, but they do share a property line, Mr. Spuler, and the uh, half a dozen homes that are along would be along there. Um, but the back 20 feet of their lots are going to be restricted in terms of what they can construct there. Does that, okay. Um, so to answer that question, yes. That's, okay. All right. Anything else? <laughs> um, I think that was it. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay. Let's go ahead and close the public comment and go into deliberations. Um, do we want to do a motion first, or do, do, do you want to have comments first? I'm indifferent. I'll go ahead and entertain a motion if anyone cares to make one. I'll move to recommend approval of the Oaks Filing 2A Site Development Plan to Town Council. Okay. I'll second. Uh, that was uh, moved by Commissioner McHugh, and I believe seconded by uh, Commissioner Cote? Yes, sir. Very good. Um, my thoughts are is uh, there is existing uh, PD in there. Um, the, it seems like the changes were some additional lots, but also some additional um, open space. So I think it's consistent with what has been in place as far as what should be planned for some time. Um, I appreciate the concessions that the uh, developer has made. I think that's very helpful. Um, I also understand that some of the questions that were raised really aren't a part of 
of this process, but uh, you plan on addressing the HOA, and I also appreciate that. So uh, I'm in support of it. <clears throat> yeah, I'm in agreement with you. I think, uh, you know, they, they provided an additional 38 acres of open space and trail connections and wildlife corridors, and um, they seem to have uh, tried to, to to be cognizant of what the what some of the, the nearby residents were looking for to you know try to work with them somewhat. So um, I'd, I'd be in favor. Any other comments? Can we have a roll call vote? Commissioner Martinez. Aye. Commissioner Samuelson. Aye. Commissioner Salinas. Aye. Commissioner McHugh. Aye. Commissioner Warnicky. Aye. Vice Chair Cote. Aye. Chair Ahrens. Aye. That's uh, seven zero. Um, this is a recommendation to town council and town council is the one that is gonna make the ultimate decision and they will take public comment too if you care to uh, um, take the time and, and provide your comments to the town council. But thank you for coming out tonight, I appreciate it. Council Member Brooks, we have a council liaison update. Is there anything that you care to share with us? Uh, sure. Uh, before I do, though, let me just make sure I'm, I'm clear on the rules. Uh, do I have four minutes, and is dialogue allowed? Dialogue <laughs> is allowed, and if you want to take more than four minutes, you're more than welcome. Good. To. So I can ask questions. Good. That's terrific. No, I, I just I had to give you a hard time. Thank you. Um, I am filling in, obviously. We, we went a little bit uh, into the depth chart tonight for, for me to be here, um, yeah, but I feel honored, right? Uh, Mayor Jason Gray was uh, unable to attend. The alternate, uh, Council Member Cavey, was also unable to attend, uh, so literally I'm, I'm the third up, uh, but was happy to attend because it's fantastic to be able to uh, to come here and share some time with, uh, with some folks, some new faces on, on the Planning Commission, but a couple of folks uh, even though I can see Chris, you uh, on the video, that I had the distinct, honestly, pleasure of working with for uh, for years uh, as planning commission. Who are you signaling to? I'm sorry, Commissioner Harris. Okay. You did confiscate my citation. Oh, got it. Fantastic. Well, I thought I was doing something wrong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, you, you did a fantastic job tonight. Thank you. Thank you very much. You know, we have these, you have, we have the, uh, the board and commission appreciation dinner, um, which is which is nice. Be, be, sometimes I feel like it feels somewhat perfunctory. You know, it's something that happens on a calendar. Uh, everybody comes out and you know they get a meal. This year, a snow globe, which actually was really cool. Uh, you know, but I just want to make sure that at any opportunity that um, the council has uh, to do so, that we that we take that opportunity to say thank you so much for for your service because um, you know what you did here tonight. I know it's, it's not easy. Um, you had good deliberations and good conversations and, and those recommendations are certainly taken into consideration at the council level. So so thank you for everything that you do. Uh, you know, I, I gave a little bit of an update. It would change a little bit uh, for the Board of Adjustments because you know, uh, you, they don't hear a lot of these land use items and public hearing items that of course have already come before you. So I was trying to get them updated on kind of what had happened from that standpoint uh, over the calendar year for 2023, just kind of looking back and giving the council update that way. Um, 
you know, but there were a couple of really cool projects that got to uh, got to come before you and us. And one of them that really kind of stands out to me was that Unity on Walls on uh, on uh, uh, Spring. What well, Unity on Park Street, the La Quinta, right for the IDD. Uh, fantastic. Uh, you know, really, really proud to have been part of, of that. Um, the other couple of updates I want to give that maybe you're you're not as aware of because they're not land use items that I feel like I could probably update you from a, a council perspective. Uh, one is um, is for the CVI, Crystal Valley Interchange, uh, which is really important. Of course, you saw Dawson Trails, and you'll continue to see other packets come forward for Dawson Trails uh, through the course of the, uh, the year. Um, the upcoming year. Uh, Crystal Valley Interchange, we did have, which is key, of course, to Dawson happening. You know, there is no Dawson without the interchange. Um, we had some regulatory holdups with, with that. Uh, at first, it was at the federal level, and, and we thought that everything was clear sailing with CDOT. Uh, we had some federal issues uh, that we needed to resolve. Uh, it turns out that as soon as those were resolved, we ended up having some, um, some hurdles that we needed to cross with, with CDOT. Uh, really hats off to uh, to town staff, um, to the town attorney's office, to Mike Hyman, uh, to everybody that, that worked on that to make that happen because that was no easy feat. There was some, um, some politics involved, honestly, uh, and we needed to make some concessions. Uh, one of them would be kind of, if you think of like a park and ride. We don't have mass transit here. You know, we don't have mass transit here. Don't have any plans on bringing back mass transit here. Uh, but. You know, CDOT's concern is try to alleviate some of those cars, those vehicle trips going up I-25. So we'll need to uh, to put in and promote the usage of a park and ride area there uh, by Crystal Valley Interchange to try to alleviate some of the cars and the congestion on I-25. Um, but that is moving forward. I think I actually used the wrong term. I think I said grand opening in first quarter when I was giving a, a board of adjustments opening. It'll be like a marvel of construction and engineering. Of course, that would be just a ribbon cutting that we hope to, to hope to have in first quarter of this of this next year. That's huge, um, huge for the town because that opens up a lot of revenue, retail revenue, uh, money for the town. That's my next update: the budget. Um, contrary to what you may. Uh, here on social media, and if you do, shame on you, spend less time on social media. Uh, the building <laughs> permits are actually way down this year, 60, 6, 0, 60 percent from last year, right? Five-year average, actually. I think it's five-year average, 60 percent. That is a significant number, uh, and that's a significant amount of revenue that the town does not have uh, in order to, to, to do things like the paving maintenance program, to other infrastructure projects. Uh, sales tax revenue has been a little bit of a roller coaster this year. We're up over the course of the year, which is good. <laughs> uh, otherwise, we'd literally be a DEFCON mode. Uh, but it's a roller coaster. It's up and down from month to month. Uh, so those are things that needed to be taken into very careful consideration when doing the budget for this year. Uh, we went into the budget season much later than we normally would because we needed to have you know, good, responsible projections for how we were going to, to plot uh, next year's expenditures. Uh, so that's something the town staff, again, hats off there. They did a really good job. We got all of that approved. Uh, but it's very conservative. You know, we're not saying that, that we expect all of a sudden because we're flipping the calendar year that 2024 is going to bring happy puppy dogs and roses and now all of a sudden we're going to have building permits up. Very conservative estimates on that. So the town has done a very good job with the budgets. 
Uh, that's really about uh, uh, about it. Just kind of looking back over the the year. Happy to to take questions since this is kind of a, a dialogue. Um, and uh, Chris, sorry that I didn't get to see you in person, but uh, great to be here this evening. Any questions? Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, DRB update, Commissioner Cote. I have no updates. There have been no meetings. Good answer. Uh, commission items, uh, quorum for January. How's it looking for everybody? Yeah. Chris, do you have anything? No, sir. Fantastic. So if there's a meeting, we should be good. Uh, staff update, planning commission discussion items. Sure. The only thing I have is I think uh, the last council meeting, the right-of-way annexation for Crowfoot Road that you had seen a little annexation of those strips along the roadway were, were completed. And so that was, that was it. With that, I'll take a motion to adjourn. Oh. <laughs> I'll second. Second. We have a roll call vote. All right, Commissioner Martinez. Aye. Commissioner Samuelson. Yes. Commissioner Salinas. Aye. Commissioner McHugh. Yes. Commissioner Warnke. Yes. Vice Chair Cote. Nay. <laughs> and Chair Aarons. I'll go yes. Thank you, Oliver. Thank you, all. Yes. Have a, have a great, great holiday. Thank you, guys. <laughs>